What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We had a lot to discuss today. Sean and I jumped right in, and we started with MLB, talking about the recent signings around the league, especially the Yankees signings to lead off. Following that, we talked college football, talked about the playoff coming up. After that, we talked NFL. We previewed this week coming up. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the pod. Good thing we good thing we waited. Um, got a lot going on. I just said to you, thank God we're not doing NBA because we just we just don't have the time right now. We're jam packed. There's also not a lot to rehash NBA wise. I mean, we did we did a three hour pod. I don't think we're going to get to three hours today. Even though no. We have a lot to talk about, but uh, hell no, he says. <laughs> but uh, we did an entire you know round the league last week that took up an hour. It's kind plus. of an impromptu. <laughs> yeah, so no need to do that again. No, sir. Anthony Davis does continue to tear it up, but I think he got hurt. So, all good things. Flu or something. Yeah, but. it said illness, but then it said back too. Um, I mean, of course, could be both for him. Um, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room, the three hundred and sixty million dollar elephant. Um, Yankees went ahead and re-signed Aaron Judge, and they got me for a second there, or or might I say. Andrew, what's his face? Got me. Hyman, Heyman, John Heyman, Andrew. He gets things wrong. So do I. <laughs> I don't think his was intentional. Yours certainly is. Um, no, mine yeah, wasn't. Man. But you like that save, uh, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll say. You know what? I'll bail you out. I swear, uh, there's an Andrew Heyman though. Well, there's an Andrew Mark. I, you know what? I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of all these. I feel like I I have a Rolodex of knowledge of all these baseball reporters. It's like basketball, at least, all you have to worry about is woes and shams. And they're mm-hmm. gospel. Nothing else matters. In football, it's like it's Schefter and I would say uh, Rappaport, right? Mm. Baseball, there's like 15 of them that are all super credible. So I don't know. Heyman's definitely at the top of the list, but he fucked up yesterday. He's in trouble now. He's in a lot of trouble now, but yeah, Tom, the three hundred sixty million dollar elephant—it's—it's it's signed, sealed, and delivered after after that confusion yesterday. Judge is a Yankee, and we'll get into all the specifics here. But walk me through kind of your emotions yesterday as you saw the first tweet, and then you're kind of deliberating, waiting for the the clarification, and then ultimately this morning when you saw that he's come back to New York. Well, I'll tell you, it, it's one of those things where. Had they not re-signed him, and you can ask Michaela about my reaction when I didn't think they re-signed because I immediately called her because I didn't know if you were busy at work and I needed a fellow big Yankees fan to bitch to. I was livid. But then when they – it's it's one of those things where it's like when they did actually re-sign him, I really didn't care. Mm, that's Be- interesting. Because it was one of those things where I felt like you had to do it, but – I also wasn't excited about it. It was like, just get it fucking done because we have to. Um, and and the other thing is, 
you had to re-sign the guy. I'm going to reiterate it. I understand it's a nine-year, $360 million deal. We'll probably be bitching about this deal in five years' time or whatever, maybe less. But it's also like, honestly, from um, kind of a more realistic fan, I know you are as well, he he ain't going to do better than last year. He'll never do better. So there's a couple things there. One, I have this philosophy that fans have, and I want to see if you agree with me, because I've said this to some other friends. Is the re-signing of a player that you've had just like so much less sexy than signing the big name star from another team? Of course. Because I kind of think it is, because you've been seeing this player. It's crazy, because if you told me, you know, talk about pick a player with equal value that just has a different name that was in a different city let's say I think Mookie Betts is better so let's say Bryce Harper let's say the Yankees signed Bryce Harper as opposed to Aaron Judge both right fielders both MVPs I would have been over the moon about it but Aaron Judge at this point in his career might be is as good might be better than Bryce Harper and it's like yeah cool because we've seen it for five years now it's kind of like what Boone was saying all year. Like, I, I hope I don't take this guy for granted. I exactly. do think Yankee fans take this guy for granted because we watch him every day. We watch think, him come up. I think the yeah, Yankees front office until Hal Steinbrenner probably, I don't know, maybe he threw one of his minions in a jet engine as as Judge was on his way to, to San Francisco to stop it, and he jumped in front of the plane. I think the Yankees organization took him for granted, especially my former sports father, Brian Cashman. I'm officially announcing it today. Yeah, well, you know, this is the problem when you get into a circumstance like this. And I was following this story all day because it's not just, okay, he re-signed, now what? It's it's also, you know, J.P. Morosi, who broke the story, not John Heyman, thank you, uh, <laughs> this morning, you know, he was on MLB Network, and I caught a little bit of it before I went into work today. And, you know, he made a really interesting point that I hadn't really thought of. And it's, you know, the star homegrown players, once they reach free agency, if they don't get locked up with an extension more, almost universally across the board, they go elsewhere. You think of Albert Pujols, you think of Bryce Harper, you think of Manny Machado. I know Mm -hmm. he was traded to the Dodgers, but you know, you think of Freddie Freeman, you think of a lot of these kind of guys that, that don't stay. And it's kind of crazy that Aaron judge did decide to stay. So my reaction was this. I I really didn't know how I would feel if Aaron Judge left. Because, you know, as we've joked about before on the pod, we're reasonable adults now. We have other priorities in life. We're not the we're not the sycophants that we were when we were 13, 14, watching all 162 and getting attached to players. It's a business. We all know that. We've seen great players come and go from our favorite teams. There will be a lot more of them. But, you know, when I first got your text and I saw other texts about him being going to San Francisco, I felt upset. And the reason being is, you know, some guys you just have to look bigger than the analytics and what this contract might look like in five, six years He's bigger than anybody the Yankees have had since Jeter. And, you know, when you're a team that hasn't won. Now, if they've won a couple World Series, I'm going to see if you agree with me. If they won two World Series in Judge's tenure and they let him leave, 
it may not sting as much, right? Like, it, oh, yep. it sucks, but we got the wins. He hasn't won yet. And the only player in Yankee history who's immortalized without a championship ring is Don Mattingly. Now, Mattingly hardly made the playoffs. Judges in it every year. But I don't know, man. I think sometimes, and Hal recognized this, the brand and the player and what he is for this fan base. I mean, you're going to have kids one day, you know, maybe with Michaela, and you're going to raise your kids. Hold on a second. What do you mean, maybe with Michaela? What are you trying? No, to... I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe you'll have a kid. <laughs> well, I know you it's said be with you said quite definitively. If I need to replay the I audio, because we have, <laughs> I didn't mean that. Just we have wax. it on wax. You say you're going to have kids one uh, day. Listen, maybe. The with... ha- listen, the wedding hasn't happened yet. So until the wedding happens, uh, it's all fair game. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't have a hundred percent. I'll let Michaela know, know you said that. Uh, you can, and once once wedding day happens and I'm in attendance, then I'll then I'll know for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you're you know, you guys are gonna have a kid, and you're you might be seeing some Aaron Judge, and it's a player that you've watched the entire career with, you know, and that's that's just cool. There's a whole generation of Yankee fans where Aaron Judge is the face of the fucking franchise, and for all the money that he's gonna make, that forty million. You know, Morosi said that he made the Yankees $40 million just in September when they're playing these meaningless games against the Orioles and the Pirates, but their sellouts and the ratings through yes or on yes are through the roof because it's just for Aaron Judge. You know, that that's not a player that you just look at what they might be in seven years. They did that with Cano. Cano was not going to be the face of the franchise. You, you don't do that with Judge, and I think Hal swooping in and making sure that he secured it was a huge deal. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a deal that just had to be done. Um, the the city would have literally been on fire if it, it had not been done. Um, for me, I don't. I just I can't find the, the it in me to be as sentimental as I used to be. Jeter was probably the less sentimental player that that I will have. But you can other you can understand other people being uh, sentimental totally. That, I'm trying to empathize with that and understand that. For me, it was more just the vitriol. And pure hatred, just fire in my belly for Brian Cashman. Now, I, Sean, the tables have massively turned. I hate him. I hate his guts. <laughs> I don't know him as a person. I met him once. It was at a wake, so I couldn't really say anything. But I, I loathe him. I hate him. I, I, I mean, the fact that he leaked this to the media and then your fucking boss has to swoop in and save your ass. I mean, first of all, the judge deal, great. There's not much else to say about it. It's a deal that had to be done, right? What what else do we have to, is there anything else you have to say about it? Well, what I have to say is just the one pushback with you saying, well, he's never going to hit 62 home runs again. I don't understand what this narrative is with people in both the baseball media that I've listened to and just general sports media where it's like, oh, you know, he's coming off the 62 home runs. I keep talking about 62 home runs. Motherfucker hit 311. Motherfucker is a gold oh, glove, yeah. platinum glove right fielder. Don't get, like, I, when he's been healthy, Tom, he's been one of the best players in baseball. This is not like a flash in the pan that you're paying and you hope he has a couple more good years. No, I agree with you. I'm just saying his best year is probably behind him. And sure. granted, it's one of the greatest seasons of all time. Don't don't get me wrong. I still think again he was a must sign. I I agree with you. People shouldn't be saying that he's, um, you know, 
a rod where you're paying him to basically go away towards the end there. I, I don't think it's that. And you're completely paying him for, for past performance, a la the Lakers with Kobe Bryant, RIP, yes. or, or whatever. Of course it's not that. He's still only, I think, 29, possibly 30. I don't know when his He's birthday gonna is. He's going to be 31 in June. He's going to be 31 in June. Okay, so he is 30. Um, but I want to talk more about – I just want to bitch a little bit about Cashman, if that's okay with you. Yeah, floor's yours. It's just, first of all, they give him this deal. My thing is, I wouldn't give him this deal until Judge is signed, sealed, and delivered. I'd, I would say to him, your contract with us solely relies on you signing Aaron Judge, and then we'll go from there. The fact that they re-signed, I think Judge was pissed off about that, too, to be honest, if I'm reading it's the entirely TVs. Po- it's entirely possible, sure. And then... I mean, for and then I said to to you over text today, it's like you texted me, you're following the story more closely than I am, and you're deep in the weeds, where Hal Steinbrenner had to jump in and basically do the deal himself, and him and Judge sat down and did it together. Well, what do we need Cashman for then for the big deals? Like, can he go out and get Rodon then? Can he go out and get Carlos Correa or another shortstop, maybe Dansby Swanson? And, and, and can he go out and get us a left fielder as well? Because what the fuck do we need Cashman for if the one thing we need you to do is sign a big guy and you can't even do that? I mean, because clearly Hal wanted him back. So what are you doing fucking with his money if the owner, whose money it is, wants him back? Why are you being cheap? Your money signed, sealed, and delivered. You just signed a four-year fucking deal. It's all fair complaints, and I think you know, you're know you speaking for the majority of the Yankee fan base that's over Cashman. Because Cashman has somehow found a way to alienate the two biggest icons of the 21st century with the Yankees in Derek Jeter and, and now Aaron judge. And that's the problem where, when you only look at things through an analytic prism and now granted, he's made some good moves before of getting rid of certain guys. You know, we love Didi, but he knew Didi had to go. We loved Robertson. He knew Robertson had to go. And as a matter of fact, he did it twice. Like those things happen, but like, when it comes to players like this, they're like comets. You made the Kobe analogy earlier. You know, I, I don't. Those Laker teams were so bad at the very end of his career, but the Staples Center was selling out every night. Right? They were getting national TV games all the time for Kobe. And I went to three games in 2014, which was Jeter's last year. One of which he didn't play. One of which he DH'd, and the other one he played shortstop. And he was batting second, and the team wasn't particularly good because he shouldn't have been batting second. He shouldn't have been playing shortstop. And he just, you know, the team was so-so, and he was not good. But that stadium was sold out all the time for Derek Jeter. And, you know, players like that, you have to just say, fuck the analytics. I can't hurt this guy's feelings. We, He is more – I've never seen a player, Tom, in free agency have more leverage over their incumbent team than Judge did because he had – the Giants offer 360 for nine, which is what he signed for with the Yankees. He forced Hal to go another 20 million up. But then, bro, did you see the Padres offered 10 years at 410 for him? And he said, I'm coming back to the Yankees. Like, that's a relationship with Hal. That's not a relationship with Cashman. And when Cashman's doing all his analytics and making player decisions and not factoring in the New York thing and all that shit, you know you're doing that also running the risk of really pissing off the most important players on your team. I think there would have been a revolt in the clubhouse if judge didn't come back. 
Well, Jeter hates him. And honestly, it might have been the best thing if Jeter didn't come back because maybe they inevitably have to fire Cashman. I, I, I don't know. But to me, it it feels like a marriage of a close friend or a relative that, you know, it's you, everybody else sees the writing on the wall and, and we we see that it's not a good situation. But it's like, yeah, we, you know, they just re up for four years. We just... We just bought a house together. We just, you know, we're pregnant. It's like you guys fucking hate each other. What are we? What are we doing? Like, I, it just it makes me angry from afar, and it's just because you know, if he goes out and he gets Rodon and he gets Benintendi or uh, one of the other left fielders or outfielders. If he trades for if he trades for Reynolds. Yeah, if he trades for Reynolds and doesn't give up Volpe for him, it might cost him Volpe because Reynolds is only 26, 27 with a lot of control left on his deal. But if he does that or if he goes out and scoops up Correa because there doesn't seem to be as much interest as there initially was or whatnot, then, you know, I'm I'm still going to tell him to fuck off. I think I'm past the point of forgiving him, but... I'll deal with him. But I really don't see that happening. And I, I, I see IKF being our starting shortstop. And for somehow, I don't know, I mean, is maybe Donaldson makes his way back to this team. I pray to God not after the things he said and the way he played. Um, and and I see, I mean, I don't know, Michael Conforto being our left fielder next year. I mean, I see him running this like we're the fucking Oakland Athletics. Well, I'm fascinated to see because Mark Feinsand said today the Yankees are far from done. Jack Curry reported the Yankees are heavy in on Rondon. Hey, on, in, 2000 and, in 2008, 2009, I would have believed it. Even in I the early 2010s, I would have. But now I, I, you gotta see, I, I'll, I'll believe it when the ink is dry. Oh, no, 100%. That's what I was just going to follow with was – you know, you're hearing this and that. And right now, all you've done is recreate the team that got swept by the Astros, <laughs> yet you now paying the best player on the team $270 million more than you were going to pay him with the extension last and this, year. So, like, this goes yeah. back to what we said throughout the entire season. You and I both were now, we're, if we don't do anything else to make this team a true World Series team, because they were not last year very clearly, right? This goes back to being half pregnant. And now they're, now that not only are they half pregnant, but they got two women half pregnant if they, if they, <laughs> if they keep this team as currently constituted. Well, here's what they have to do. They, they, they had to take their medicine for offering judge, which I understand everybody said was a fair deal and that's fine. But you don't even want to get to that point. Like they miss, they misjudge this. No pun intended. So poorly, because they should not have let this even come close. If they said two thirteen based off of what he's done previously for what he means to that team. You offer him two fifty. That's the going rate. That's the starting rate. Because then at that point, it really doesn't matter. You've made your fan base happy. You've now taken the pressure off of him. Yep. You know, Judge said it makes it seem kind of seem like they're going to turn the fans against me by me not signing this and making the terms of the the uh, extension uh, public. But, Tom, you know, the other top thing of this, too, is if you're going to rid yourself of, okay, fine, we've really had to deal with this. Well, now you have to take your medicine. You have to find a way to shed the $25 million of Josh Donaldson. You just have to. Or the $10 million of Aaron Hicks. Like, 
that those are things where you have to bite the bullet and say, listen, we fucked up. This was a terrible situation and shit. Maybe they have to attach a top prospect, maybe not the top, top prospect, but a really good one. Maybe one of their seven to 10, seven to 12 range with Josh Donaldson, maybe one of their million shortstops. Them, which really fucking sucks. And it, it's, you know, but again, I'd rather see that acknowledgement of failed deals like Hicks and the trade for IKF and Donaldson than him trying to patchwork this and sell us on a starting shortstop who's been in the minors, who even though the Yankee fans, I mean, listen, we love our homegrown guys, right? We, we absolutely do. But come on, man. Like, <laughs> let's let's try to make let's try to make some amends here and really upgrade. Don't just change names. Like, if Benintendi's not coming back, get Brian Reynolds. Like, if you're if if you're not going to sign one of the top shortstops, get rid of Donaldson, push him to the moon, and then go get a, maybe put IKF at third where he actually won his Gold Glove, not short, and then you promote your top shortstop. Like, there's so many different ways that they could do this team. Rodon to me is the big carrot that I want to see them bring in. If they sign Carlos Rodon, I know they're serious. Yeah, I'd like to see Rodon. I'd like to see them, if they're not going to trade for Reynolds, go and get a Conforto. Um, I'd rather Ben Benintendi. Oh, of course, me too. But um, I mean, I don't. I think he's a little bit out of their price range for that for what they're looking for, from what I've been reading. Um, and then, uh, listen, if Carlos Correa falls to the te- to the eleventh hour, maybe go and scoop him up. I don't care about the cheating thing. I don't care about any of that. I care about wins. But you know, I don't think we're giving Judge his due. Shout out to Judge. Good for him that he fucking held their feet to the fire. And you know what? I said this to McCaleb right before we hung up the phone. I said. Sean is the biggest fan of spite and if Aaron Judge wasn't such a fucking class act and a nice guy and he was a different human being most likely me if he thought like me I would have said fuck you guys I'm out of here I'm going to play in San Francisco and I'm just going to watch the fucking world burn because that would have been the ultimate spite move and I would have sat on this podcast and I would have said you know what good for Aaron Judge. Yep. Uh, listen, if he did that, I, but I still think he won. I still think even with the spike, 100%. he got them to pay him $360 million, $40 million a year for nine years. And here's the last thing I'm going to say on Judge because we have so many other moves to talk about. But for Judge, listen, everybody screams at the $40 million. Tom, in five years, that contract is going to be – he's going to be underpaid because everybody in that stratosphere is going to start making $50 million a year, probably starting with Otani and then going to Soto. It's not going to be a big deal. Five, we're five years removed from the Yankees taking on $27 million a year or 25 whatever it was of Stanton, and now that looks like pennies compared to what other guys are getting. And with TV revenue going up and the revenue that Judge is going to help continue to bring in for all the reasons we talked about before, I don't need to rehash them – it, it's going to be money well spent and they're going to be fine. They will be fine. I'm not worried about it. They're the fucking New York Yankees, but they need to, st- if they were the Braves judge would have been locked up four years ago. Right. But I think the tough part with him was, I think at a point in which they would have done it is when he started running into all those injuries. Yep. You know, 18 misses and not time. To mention, he came up late. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, whatever they re-signed him. Let's see what they do from here. Good job on the Yanks for good job on Hal for for cementing this. Good job on Judge coming back and exactly. But again, now, now, I, let's let's not let's not pull the rug over our heads here. We need to hold our Yankees accountable. Good job getting good job doing what you were supposed to do, which it should have never gotten to this point. But at this point, currently constituted, we're running it back to getting swept by the Astros. So let's fucking do absolutely. something about that. 
That's what I was just going to say. Listen, we're, but two things can be true. We're pissed that there's more that hasn't been done yet. We need more to be done. There has to be as much urgency in the front office as there is in the fan base. But, hey, this is a good day for Yankee fans because you get your icon back, and he's not just for sentimental purposes. He was the best player in baseball this year, and when he is healthy, he's one of the top players in baseball every year. So enough of that. Judge is back. He's going to be a lifetime Yankee, and it sounds like they're going to name him captain, which is about goddamn time. Let's stick with the Yankees real fast, Tom, because they brought Tommy Canely back on a two-year $11.5 million deal. I was a little surprised by this, but I'm all for it. Michaela's over the moon. That's her favorite player, Tommy Tight Pants. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, he's had a tough couple of years since leaving the Yankees. I, I, maybe one, maybe two Tommy Johns. I don't, yeah, I don't remember, yeah. but um, I'm happy to have him back, and we need to shore up this bullpen. Yeah, well, that was a good start, right? But I'm looking at this bullpen right now, dude, and it's really pretty fucking good. Now, that's a lot hinges on if King is totally back. Everything says he's going to be back by spring training. But if you go King, Canely, Wandy, Holmes, Marinaccio, Whitkey, like, Loisaga, like, that's a pretty damn good bullpen. No doubt about it. All hard throwers, all guys that have put a lot of spin on the ball. I, I definitely like it. I would like one more piece. I think they're going. I think they're they're looking at one more piece too, and it's either going to be internal or external. But I still think there's trades to be made, man. I'm not convinced that Glaber's staying on this team. I'm not convinced that Donaldson or Hicks is going to be there. God, I hope both of them aren't. You know, there's there's going to be moves to be made. I hope so. I mean, go talk to Milwaukee. Maybe we could steal one of their starters. That would be great. I know the Brewers said that they're not even discussing Woodruff and Burns, but you never know. You, you might as well call, right? Why not? Um, also, so Lopez on. down in Miami. Yeah, Pablo Lopez, the starter. Well, that that deal almost happened in the summer mm-hmm. with Torres being the being the focal point. So we'll see what happens. But I think we got to talk about your New York Mets, who I know you have much more favor with the front office and ownership than with the Yankees. But we'll start with what they lost and then go into what they gained. The first domino to fall here was Jacob DeGrom on Friday, signing a five-year, $185 million deal with the Texas Rangers. They were a rumored team forever. And, Tom, I don't know how you feel, but to me, it just seemed like he just didn't want to be with the Mets or New York anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Rangers are making moves. I think they signed another pitcher. Um, or their old friend, Andrew Haney. They signed Andrew Haney, and I, I think they might be um, in line to sign – or they're talking to the guy out of Japan. I know the outfielder got signed by the Red Sox today. Um, and that's what they need to do. Their, their offense was not their problem. The, the Rangers, watch out for them because they have that uh, the two Vandy boys as well, an Al Leiter's kid and that other guy that they drafted number one or Kumar number two Rocker. overall. Um, they're going to have some really good pitchers, and I think that they are going to be a force to be reckoned with right up there with the Astros in the next, cup in, in the next coming years. And – you know, it, it was it was happy and it was it was tough for me at the same time because, you know, I root for the Mets, but I don't root for the Mets fans. And it, it felt really good to, for that 12 hours to to say, oh, you guys fucking suck. I texted a couple of my Mets fans friends and, you know, rub it in their face that they lost a Grom and their all their responses were the same. We're going to go out and get Verlander and. I wanted them to be wrong so badly, but they weren't. And and the Mets, I mean, could you think of a better replacement? No, I can't. And honestly, if you were to tell me that for the next two years, 
who would I rather have? I'd rather have Verlander for the next two years just to put a bow on DeGrom. Listen, I love him. He's electric. He's the best pitcher in baseball. Counting Scherzer and DeGrom and Cole when he's on the mound. Dude, he's just not on the mound as much anymore. Oh, yeah. And it's and it seemed like he just didn't want to be a part. He couldn't wait in every media availability to say how he was going to opt out. And now he can go down to Texas where even if they are successful and they're good, you know, he's pitching in anonymity. And, hey, that's fine. Good on you. They paid him, man. Five years, $185 million for a guy who's hardly pitched the last couple of years. They had to, yeah. That's quite the deal because the Mets only wanted to go three years, 120, which coincidentally was the – almost what they were going to give Verlander if they gave him the three years. But yeah, with Verlander, two years, 86. I mean, Verlander makes his starts. I, I mean, he, he came off Tommy John this past year, man, and he didn't skip a beat. He won the AL Cy Young. Yeah, I have a lot more confidence in him making the majority of his starts in 2023 and 2024 than I do with Jacob DeGrom. No doubt about it. I mean, DeGrom is, when he's on the mound, the best pitcher in baseball, better than Verlander, but the best ability is availability, and Verlander is a horse. Repair him with his Detroit friend Scherzer. Um, I think the Mets are not done. Obviously, they're not. They already re-si- they already signed uh, Quintana, who I think is an upgrade from Tijan Walker. So I like that staff. DeGrom, I mean, he never really was celebrated like – Syndergaard or Harvey, even though he was clearly the best, even back in the days when he was throwing 94, not 100, he was still a better pitcher than those guys. Maybe he took that to heart. He's also kind of a different guy. I mean, kind of reminds me of a Cliff Lee in the sense where it's like, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm okay. I, I don't want to be in the big market. That's a great comp. I never thought of that, but that's a hundred percent true. Cliff Lee was like, I don't want the New York spotlight. Like, put me in Philly or put me in Cleveland or Texas. That's a great comp, man. I like I like that a lot. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Um, the one thing I will look out for, and I made I made this comp. I'll see if you agree with a friend of mine. I said, you know, let's not just anoint the Mets as World Series favorite you know, favorites or champions. I do like their rotation. Obviously when you headline it with DeGrom and Scherzer and you bring in a Quintana, I know they're talk- still talking to Sanga, uh, the Japanese pitcher you mentioned, but they have a little Brooklyn Nets feel to them. They're getting all the big names. They're getting all the Very stars, top heavy. but you know, they haven't won much. And you know, Scherzer, he was awful in that wild card game last year and that or in game one of the wild card series. And he was kind of in and out of the rotation with injury last year. And Tom Verlander, he got his first ever world series win in game five this year, but he has been not great in the playoffs. So you're bringing these guys in with lofty expectations, but you, you know, seldom do they get better as they reach 40 years old. Agreed with that. Verlander's in that in that Tom Brady LeBron area for me, though. I mean, like you said, coming yeah. off of Tommy John and winning the Cy Young Award, got to have a little confidence in that. But you know, the Mets definitely, the Mets definitely. Have, I know you're playing devil's advocate, so I know you don't actually believe. Well, any of this. I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying you're not bringing these guys in to be great a great regular season team. No. They can do that with other guys. You're bringing these guys in to to dominate games this, one and two of a, of a playoff series. This harkens me back to the delusion of Mets fans because my guy Mike made a silly comment where uh, we were talking about the playoffs and whatever, and he tried to tell me that the Mets lost, that the Yankees lost worse than the Mets did. And I said, but the Yankees won a series and the Mets didn't. The Yankees made the real even, playoffs. How is that even a close? The, I was like, the Yankees made the actual real playoffs. The Mets made the wild card. 
series. Yeah, and they wet the bed against the Braves in that final regular season weekend when mm-hmm. they had the division on ice. They're the only team that's had a longer – there's literally never been a team that's had a longer division – longer time with the division lead and lost it and became a wildcard team than the 2022 Mets. Yes, and thank God for Aaron Judge or else we might be talking about the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, facts. Um, yeah, so you mentioned you mentioned um, Quintana. They're still talking to Senga. Saw a Ross Stripling possibility. I think they're just trying to fill out that rotation, mm. but it's really, really good. They need they uh, that rotation is great. Another guy would be awesome, but they need to they need to work on that offense as well. Yes, no, there's no question and that about pen. it. Jesus, that pen. I know, man. Well, they're hoping to bring Adovino back. They're trying to bring Nimmo back. I mean, they've spent a lot of money, man. This roster is worth a lot of money. So let's see if it works out for them. Um, there's still moves to be made. Unfortunately, you know, they they play yeah. in the uh, NFC East of, the NFC of East. they play in the NFC East of baseball divisions where every team is is very good outside of the Nationals. Yeah, I was trying to think if maybe it was more. What's another like maybe the NFC West? AFC East. Oh, because the NFC East could send every team, too. I'm trying to think of – because they're not quite the NFC East because there's not one – I mean, the Nationals are going to be the worst team in baseball. Mm-hmm. But I see where your mind's at. Uh, well, the, the other – I mean, the Marlins are a tough out. They got the reigning Cy Young Award winner. And then I'm going to talk about the Phillies in a second here. And the Braves, I mean, shit, that's got to be – that's got to be the best top three in any division by a mile. Is it? Is it better than – is it better than New York, Tampa, and Toronto, or New York, Austin, Tampa, or any iteration? Absolutely. Of those I mean, really? I mean, if you if you're going off last year's performance and what Phillies just did Marlins as well, weren't good last year, man. What? I know you say they're a tough out, but the Marlins were not good last. No, year. if you ta- I just said top three alone. If we're right. talking top three alone, Atlanta, the Mets, yeah. and the yeah. Phillies just went to the World Series. You talk about Boston missed the playoffs, Tampa. What they do? They got in, and, and they lost got in. Yep. Yeah, and they lost, and they they lived out of there. Toronto didn't get in, so I mean, I think it's I think it's the NL East in that situation by a runaway. Yeah, those top three are by far the best. Yeah, they'll feast, they'll feast off of those other two teams. I know Marlins have some pitching, but they're they're not a good team. We'll see if anything changes for them. Um, the Yankees did lose Jameson Tyon. We will talk about the Phillies momentarily, oh, sick. but. Jamison Tyon, four years, $68 million to the Cubs, man. I will tell you this. I, I appreciate what Tyon was. He had some good moments for the Yankees. He won some big games. But, man, if it's four years, $68 million, good, good for him and good for the Cubs. Good riddance. He, I could never wrap my arms around him. Um, he had a lot of promise, a lot of really good stuff. And it seemed like every three starts he'd put together a good one, but I just never had never had the confidence with him on the mound. The Cubs are just the uh, since they won the World Series, they're the biggest head scratcher of an organization I've ever seen. One year you're poor and you're selling Schwarber and Chris Bryant and everybody, Javi Baez and Rizzo, and then the next year you're signing fucking guys to deals that they don't even deserve. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, they're they're really caught in between with what they organizationally you know believe in, but. Um, I think they literally yeah. stole Cody, Cody Bellinger, though. And, yeah, I think Bellinger was an interesting one. Yeah, well, Bellinger, I mean, we're skipping over guys here, but let's just go right into it. 
Bellinger would have looked really fucking good in pinstripes. And I'm thinking you bat him seventh for the Yankees. And I understand that, you know, maybe we have too many lefties or whatever. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't give a fuck. That short porch, the guy's a gold glove. I don't know if he won a platinum glove, but I know he won at least gold to put him in left field. I mean, oh, my God. I, I would have been... Over the moon to get him for a year, one year, 17. I'm again, shame on my former sports father, that piece of shit Cashman for not going out and offering him. Oh, you and I could not disagree more on this. You just described what Joey Gallo was when they got him from Texas. You yeah, but Joey Gallo is on a multiple year deal. This is a one year rental. And Joey, no, Joey Gallo. Gallo was a- Joey Gallo wasn't making any money. And neither is Bellinger. So a year, $17 Bellinger million. hasn't been good in three years, bro. Yeah. The, the Dodgers, who have more money than God, chose not to even offer him a qualifying offer, and he won a Rookie of the Year and MVP. He's not been good. I don't need to have another left-handed hitter strike out 200 times a year swinging at high fastballs with the hope that they might eventually and somewhat maybe semi-regularly porch one in the seats. I'm good. If he has a great year in Chicago, maybe the Yankees can revisit it. I'm not upset at all. I don't need another example of a guy who hasn't really been great in a while swinging and missing at a high rate, especially when we face great pitching. Because I'll tell you exactly what will happen. He'll go 0 for 3 with two strikeouts and he'll make a great play and we'll have to convince ourselves he's a good signing because he made a great play in the outfield seriously i'm good i don't understand the infatuation with him if you watch him play every day i know i certainly didn't but i know dodger fans were tired of him and for the fact that that organization didn't want to keep one of their own guys who's had so much success in the past they know he's not any good anymore if he has a great year in chicago god bless him i want to know part of him I mean, I don't know how many years you said there, but he was an all-star in 2019, but it's pretty recent. No, it isn't. Yeah, it's, it's pretty four recent. years ago. I'm going to file this away for the next time you try and throw some 2019 shit at me, and I'm going to say that was forever ago. All right. I'm not going to do it, so. Yeah, well. I'm not going to do it to prove a point. Listen, I, I wouldn't have minded him on a one-year flyer, but, you know, the, that's not even the problem. Is You take these one-year flyers on guys, that's fine. It's the fact that Cashman has to stick with them forever. Well, the problem is is you, I'm shitting on Cody Bellinger when Aaron Hicks is still on the team, so it contradicts Well, exactly. Right? I mean, listen, I, don't, I didn't tell you to go out and sign Cody Bellinger to a four-year, you know, $70 million deal. Like, and that's the problem with the guys that Cash goes out and gets is that none of these guys are on prove me deals in contract years. Like, he's going no, out and getting. There's get... so many other better options. I mean, the the Japanese player Yoshida, he got signed today by Boston, but you had him on the marketplace. You've still got Benintendi. You've still got Brantley. You've still you can go out and trade for Reynolds. Like, you don't need to bring in Cody Bellinger on a one year deal. Like, again, I think that he sounds so much better than what he's been. Like, he hasn't been good in a while, man. And teams with homegrown talent who have had that much success don't non-tender their players. Like, they were over him. And the Dodgers are one of the most, you know, analytically driven, most, you know, richest teams in the world. They certainly could have given him a $17 million one-year deal. They chose not to. 
I hear you. I think he's going to have some success. I, I don't want um, Brantley. I just think he's a little old, and he gets hurt all the time recently. Yeah, I don't either. I the guy can probably roll out of bed option. and hit 270, but, I mean, he's a professional hitter, but I just, I'd prefer your Ben Intendis. I would honestly, I might even take Conforto over Brantley. Yeah, I probably would too. I was just saying that's a that's a name out there. Uh, we'll disagree on Bellinger, but, hey, the Cubs, they're not in a win-now window, so why not take a flyer on him and maybe he likes it there and he has some success and you give him a long-term deal. Uh, maybe they get better, but we got to talk about Philly, man. They signed Trey Turner to a 10 year, $300 million deal. He took 45 million less than what the Padres offered because he wanted to be back on the East coast. Doesn't this feel like a perfect marriage? Mm, uh, yeah. If he, it would have been nicer if he was for the playing for the Yankees, but I don't even think they we spoke to him. I don't even think they spoke to him. I mean, you know how I feel about Trey Turner. I think he's the best shortstop in baseball. Go look at the numbers and argue with me. I won't, because I agree. Yeah, it, it is It is perfect. Um, I mean, they did have a good young shortstop. Uh, is it Scott? I can't recall. Um, but, I mean, it's not It's not Trey Turner. Um, and they, would, they just went to the World Series, and it looks like they're doing everything right. The Phillies are going to be here to stay. It's not a flash in the pan. No, and they're bringing the band back together, Harper and Turner. They're they're back in the NL East just with the just with the uh, Phillies. But remember, Harper's going to miss like the first you know three four months of next year with the Tommy John surgery. So they're going to need to replace his offense. And what better way to do it with Trey Turner? You get him for ten years. He's going to be a stud, I think, for probably almost that entire contract. And he must have really wanted to be with Philly because if you're turning down an extra forty five million dollars. Just like Judge did to the Padres, they're got to be thinking, where is the? I mean, we're given the blank check, and they still won't take it, probably because you're the Padres. Yeah, I mean, I was just about to say, Juan Soto's out here looking around, like, whoa, what the fuck's going on here? We were we traded for Josh Bell and um, Drury and you know Hader and all these guys, and I thought we were going to be rolling for years to come, and now he's looking around, and it's like, I don't know what the deal is with Tatis, especially because they tried to go after Turner. Um, I mean, I, I feel for Soto, you know, like what the fuck is yeah. going on out there in Philly? I mean, not Philly, That's in uh, San Diego. Well, it's interesting, right? He has two more years of team control, and the, the Padres could theoretically pivot and get, you know, the Kings ransom for him either in the summer or next winter or the following summer if he starts to indicate that he doesn't want to, re- doesn't want to re-sign there. Um, but, yeah, good on Trey Turner, good on the Phillies. That that makes so much sense, that, and – that's just a classic Dombrowski move. He's, I mean, man, look at the guys he signed since he's been there. Harper, mm-hmm. I mean, Schwarber, Castellanos. Now you bring in Trey Turner. Like they're they're just going for gold, man. I give him credit. I really do. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Josh Bell earlier. He signed a two-year, thirty-three million dollar deal with the Guardians. You don't like to spend a lot of money, but man, they just had no offense. It was so evident in the ALDS against the Yankees. I mean, they had to bring in some offense. I love that it. team. I think snuck up on guys, uh, snuck up on teams last year, and, and Bell's going to fill a void. I love it, and you know what? You said they didn't have any offense, and I agreed with that. But they have such young guys. I think they're going to be even better this year. I think so too. I think that's their plan. Yeah, I, I. They needed a first baseman. They needed, they needed somebody with a little bit of power, a little bit of pop, and and they got it in him. And and if not, again, you can pivot and you can trade him. What did you think of uh, Taiwan Walker's deal with the Phillies? Four years, $72 million was a pretty penny, but yeah. they wanted another starter they could slide in behind Wheeler and uh, Nola. 
My only question is who I don't know the numbers, but who the hell were they competing with with this deal? <laughs> I know. I mean, man, with these number three, four, and like fringe five starters, they're they're really doing well in this marketplace. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. I might have to go out there and throw a bullpen tomorrow. I, I gotta tell you, <laughs> and and I know it's we're we're a little jaded from his two months with the Yankees. I do not understand the love affair with Andrew Haney. I know we mentioned that deal in passing with the Rangers, two years twenty five. Dude, I, I saw the Blue Jays were in on him, and I was begging. I was like, please, please, Toronto, sign him. I would love to face him four times this year. Like, But, I mean, I, I don't understand it. He's been – he's not been good. Like, he's he's had some okay numbers with those Angels teams, but, like, I feel like every good offense just tees off on him. Yeah, I don't know. He had a pretty good uh, – I guess he had a good enough season to get him this deal. I don't think he deserved it, but he did have a good year last year with the Dodgers. Yeah, he's he's that lefty with good stuff, and there's a lot of analytics that love him, you know. So, I don't know. Uh, but, hey, I, I do think Texas is a good place for him because, again, you know, if he could go and shit the bed, no one's going to boo him. Um, let's talk about what the Cardinals did real fast before we wrap up with the Red Sox. Uh, Cardinals signed Wilson Contreras to a five-year, $87.5 million deal. He is the Yachty replacement, and he came from the other side of this rivalry with the Cubs. You mentioned the Cubs not 100% you know, sure what they're doing. They let him walk. And, um, man, I mean, the Cardinals, they desperately needed catching and they know him very well. Yeah. I mean, he's still young, awesome catcher. Um, Will Smith will tell you he's the best catcher in baseball. I don't know if he's wrong. Um, great defensively, good defensively. I wouldn't say great. Got a really yeah, good he's arm. Not though. Great defensively. Got yeah, a really good not- arm, but He's got a lot of pass balls on his resume, but he's a great offensive catcher. Not a good I, framer either. No, but I, I, I don't think maybe, hey, listen, just because Yachty retired doesn't mean he's not going to be hanging around. True. True, maybe, true. He'll, maybe he'll teach him a little something. Um, and, and I don't think the Cardinals are done. I know they're, they've been in on Swanson. Maybe he'll head over there, beef up that offense even more. Um Cardinals just do it right, man. They they really do. They sign guys they need to sign. They bring it. They have a lot of really good homegrown guys. Um, Cashman could take notes from the Cardinals. Cashman could take notes from the Phillies. Cashman could take notes from the Mets. Cashman could take notes from the Braves. I mean, do I have to talk any more about Cashman? Well, apparently you do because you keep bringing them up every every opportunity you have. But uh, listen, man, your point's well taken. I'm not going to ever disagree with anything you say. The, the The Cardinals really did identify Contreras as their guy and. I think they knew they had a good shot at getting him. Um, Boston, we'll finish with them. They made some interesting moves. They seem to be missing out on just about everybody in this marketplace. But they brought in Kenley Jansen on a two-year, $32 million deal. That bullpen is actually kind of sneaky good. And then they brought in Yoshida, the Japanese outfielder, the on-base machine, five years, $90 million to try to counter what the Yanks are doing. And it sounds like they're making progress on bringing Bogarts back. So, listen, they were a disaster last year, predominantly because of their pitching uh, and their offense. They didn't get years from certain guys they thought they were going to get from. But what do you think of the moves that, uh, that they did make and the potential of bringing Bogarts back? I think it's a good sign for Red Sox fans because I think if this went in the opposite direction, then they were going to lose the only player that I actually give a fuck about on that team, and that's Devers. Um mm-hmm. So I think this is going to lean them the other way, and maybe they'll get a deal done with him as well. Um, I I like the moves the Red Sox are making. I just hope that's it for them. I hope Bogarts goes somewhere else, 
and kind of clogs up the market and we can find our way into Correa. That's really what I'm hoping for. Um, and I just don't want the Red Sox to make any other signings so that I can just make fun of any Red Sox fans, including my family, some of them, um, and just be like, the best guy you fucking got is some random unknown from Japan. Sick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, how, did, I mean how did all their other Japanese uh, people come work out? I mean, we're we're – we're probably, I would say, we're at about, I don't know, a little. We're at sixty-six percent because we went two for three. Well, you got to count when we signed Kuroda too. Kuroda was a really good Yankee. Ah, good point. He, so came, we he might... came. He he came from L.A., but well, I'm counting straight really out of Japan. I'm counting straight out of Japan. So we have Kei Gawa. That's a negative, right? We'll we'll go ahead yep. and say that. He might still be pitching in the minor leagues, um, for all I know. <laughs> Obviously, the probably the second big guy to come over from Japan, and that's Hideki. He's a plus. And then Chin Ming Wong. Come on. He was no, good. No, 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 no. Chin Ming Wong, first of all, he's Chinese. He's Taiwanese, actually. Masahiro Tanaka, baby. Come on. Oh. Shit, forgot about Tanaka, who I would have absolutely loved to have had in the playoffs this past year. Tanaka and Matsui were the two that were clutch. They were really worth is there the a way? They got. Is there a way? And I'm going to talk to that piece of shit cash one more time. Is there a way where you can make a deal with Tanaka? Let's say we throw him ten million dollars. Let's say we throw him ten million dollars to start. Say. You're on the roster, but you can pitch in Japan. Whatever. If you get hurt, it's a wash. Just pitch for us in the playoffs. Just fly over. Pitch for us in the playoffs, and that's it. We signed you to a contract. You don't ever have to come to anything. Just show up to those playoff games. You're you're on the Yankees roster all year, but you can do whatever you want in Japan. I do wish there was a way. That would be great. Um, Yeah, Tanaka was was absolute money in the postseason. Um, Tom, let's put a bow on the winter meetings so far. We will talk more baseball when news comes out, but I'm going to give you my my best-case Yankee scenario for the offseason, and then you give me yours. Sure. Somewhat realistic, okay? Yeah, I'll be some. judge is done. judge is done. No worries Get there. Carlos Rodon, mm-hmm. one more bullpen arm, and either Ben Benintendi or trade for Reynolds, and it's a rounding success. I don't need to – oh, and find a way to get rid of one of Donaldson or Hicks. Okay. That's my wishes. All right, my wishes. Get Carlos Rodon. Sign and or trade for Brian Reynolds, Benintende, if those are too expensive. Settle for Michael Conforto. But that means that you go out and you get Carlos Correa. And All you, fair. And you get rid of both Hicks and Donaldson. I don't care what it takes. Attach some prospect that's never going to play to it. That's why I said realistic because I just I have a hard time believing that they're going to be able to shed both of those contracts. They're just such albatrosses. But we'll see. I mean, I think a lot of it's depending on who they sign. And, hey, listen, here's the thing about Cashman. I don't trust him in the marketplace in terms of signing guys. I really think guys like Cole and Judge and players of that nature, that's all Hal. That's Hal making the final decision. But Cashman, he does win some trades, particularly trades that we don't see coming. He has been always pretty good at that. Um, and if he finds a way to get Brian Reynolds and not give up the entire universe for him, 
Uh, remember, Brian Reynolds did request a trade from the Pirates, and you know it's not the NBA where he's going to hold out, but it could be a tough situation. The Pirates might have to realize they got to move him. Uh, I think that they could. I, I do somewhat trust Cashman in those in those circumstances. Would definitely like him to jump on it. I'm just. I think I might be higher on the Correa lack thereof market and the Yankees being able to jump in at the 11th hour. I'm re- I've got my fingers crossed for that. No, listen, I would love Correa. I just, I can't see it happen. I can't see them spending. Because if, if Rodon is six years and it's somewhere in that 30 million, 32 million a year range, that's a fuck ton of money. And then, you know, you got to spend on the outfield, even if you take on Reynolds' contract. I know it's not a lot, but it's enough. Or if you bring back Ben Benintendi, you know that's that's good money, and all and just those two moves alone would make you so much better than you were. Let's you do know, let's do another let's harken another uh, contract thing. I'll talk to my former sports father again. Little sign and trade. Have Minnesota re-sign him, and then trade Donaldson back to Minnesota and attach a prospect to it. We'll make the money work. And they can take IKF back too. It would yeah, be perfect. yeah, I'm all for it. Minnesota sucks anyway. Start right. Cabrera at third base. Why the fuck not? Um, all right, Tom, that's enough of baseball, but boy, it was busy. And I do love the fact that these winter meetings have been, have been very busy. The baseball off season, we complain about it every year, but it does seem like there was a lot of urgency, uh, during the winter meetings to, for teams to get the, get the ball rolling yeah. with these big games. It's, it's funny. It seems like the winter meetings have become somewhat irrelevant. I mean, I remember a few years back, it seemed like players were signing after people reported and spring training started and then the year after that or the the second year after that players signed before winter meetings even started i like when you can put on mlb network and there's that hot stove it's great man because when we were growing up that's where all the big that's where all the big news happened that's where all the big names happened so it's good that it's kind of coming back that way um reminiscent reminiscent great word um all right college football time we are in our final pod of really talking college football tom i gotta tell you you okay I, you've been fucking amazing this year with your college football i'm Thank doing you, just buddy. fine honestly um i am but let's get into it we had a good good conversation last week but we'll rehash the championship games first georgia killed lsu 50 30 never a game uh, michigan did the same to purdue so those two teams stayed at one and two but this is where the surprises happened tom you texted me that USC couldn't stop anything, and that's true. Utah, 47, USC, 24. It was never close. Yeah, it was um, before he got hurt, it was Caleb versus the world. And, and and he was dinged up the entire game, but I love that kid. I've loved him since he came in for Spencer Rattler in his first game and, and brought Oklahoma back. Um, what was that, last year? Mm-hmm. I mean, Sean, this might be – this might be out of this world, but I'm going to say it. Watching that game, man, and watching him elude pressure and just – he reminds me of – and I'm watching the World Cup this year. He reminds me of Patrick Mahomes and Messi. Mm, what a combo. Let me explain how. Because he escapes pressure. Feet are completely parallel to the field. He is not set in a throwing motion to generate any power at all. And he just zips that ball. It's like watching Messi inside the box where most of these 
soccer players need a running start to get, to get a rocket off or or they need some room to get their foot back and the ball just explodes off of Messi's foot. Same thing with Mahomes. He could throw the ball on a rope from a telephone booth and it's the same thing with Williams and he can run just like Mahomes. God, the Jets should tank from here on out till he's ready to be drafted <laughs> next year. He's going to be he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. You heard it here first. All right. Hey, a lot of people think so, but I will tell you this. We're going to get into the Kansas State TCU game. I said last week, Heisman, Heisman, he might have lost it. And it's not his fault. The offense couldn't do anything. He did the best, or the defense rather, couldn't couldn't stop anybody. He did the best he could. But that's a tough loss when all you need to do is win and you're in Lincoln, the college football playoff. Lincoln Riley needs to get in that transfer portal. Yeah, that defense has to get a lot better, man. That was that was that a really offense as well. I mean, the wide receivers started to buck their heads a little bit, but they got no running game outside of Caleb Williams, and they need some more sure-handed players. There's a lot of drops as well, and and they need some offense. They need basically everything except a few skill position players and 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 a quarterback because he was getting the shit kicked out of him all day. I mean, he was limping around like he just went to war. Yeah, well, listen, this was their first year, right? So they haven't had a, a complete opportunity to put the stamp on the program. They're going to get better. They were competing for a college football playoff berth into the championship weekend. I think the future's very bright, and you get to watch Caleb again next year. But, Tom, Kansas State beat TCU 31-28 in overtime in an absolute hell of a game. Yeah, this game was a lot of fun to watch. I was rooting for Kansas State because I just thought – Given Alabama's resume, they might have a chance, but we're going to see a two-win team or, or a two-loss team. I mean, actually, you know what? No, scratch that. It's not even going to matter because it's going to go to 12 teams anyways, but I think if this played out, we would have seen a two-loss team get in eventually. Alabama just didn't have the strength of schedule and and enough notable wins to get in over TCU. I think TCU by by a hair was a little more deserving than Alabama to get in. What a game. What a game. Max Duggan, I think, might have just sealed the Heisman because he took them down the field when they needed a touchdown and a two-point conversion. It was 28-20 with hardly any time left, and he scored against a pretty damn good Kansas State defense. Got into overtime. I don't know what the play calling was there towards the end where they couldn't punch the ball in in overtime and then K-State kicked the field goal and won. But I'm actually going to disagree with you a little bit. I, you know, I might surprise you. I think after that showing, even though it was a loss, TCU deserved to stay in. I, I, I would no, not I have agree. taken them out. Yeah, I wouldn't have taken them out. Um, you know, if they, got their, if they had a similar outcome like a, like a USC did, yeah, then we can talk. But Kansas State's going to finish in the top 12 this year. They're playing Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, which should be a good game. And listen, there's no harm in losing by three in the conference championship to another really good opponent. And I think Duggan won the Heisman. I think TCU deserves to be in. My obvious disagreement, because I don't even want to talk about the Clemson-UNC game. Uh, But before I go on, actually, let me – did you want to talk at all uh, more about that conference championship game? No, it was it was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, I lost both bets when it came to USC and TCU. I was live betting the shit out of it. Luckily, I made up for it with my NFL bets the next day. But good, it was a tough scene. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, I, do we have to say we? I think we can go into the preview. I, we don't have to talk about two teams that aren't even close to being in it in Clemson and UNC. No, we don't. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about what the college football playoff is. We have number one Georgia against number four Ohio State in the Peach Bowl, and we've got Michigan ranked second against those third ranked TCU Horn Frogs that stayed at three. Tom, I have no problem with the top three, but I'm going to continue to say it. I. I understand that we're prisoners of the moment and we're 10 days removed, whatever it is, from the drumming that Ohio State took at the hands of Michigan. I just – I don't care how good Michigan is and I don't care how good Ohio State had been. Listen, you, you can't lose by 27 points at home. I don't care if it's against the number two team in the country. You're supposed to be on their level. You can't do that, man. And Alabama, I understand, had two losses, and I'm not going to continue to go on down the line about it. I understand the people that said Alabama didn't have a signature win, and I guess that's true. You can't really say Texas is that signature win. But come on, man. Those two losses came you know, when those two teams were top five teams, LSU and, and, and Tennessee respectively. Like, I, I just don't think – maybe Ohio State will prove me wrong. But I think Alabama would give a better showing at number four against Georgia than Ohio well, State. Well, Nick Saban went on one of the games and cried and said the same thing. Yeah, that was pretty pathetic. I love Saban. I will always love Saban. That wasn't the best. To be one. honest, I thought if you told me that, I'd say no. Nah, he's above that. But I guess he's desperate, um, trying to hold on to a program here that's in shambles. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Um, I mean. I'm in agreement with you, but it doesn't really seem like the national consensus is in agreement with you. Um, I do think Alabama had a better season than Ohio State and was a better team, but clearly they didn't feel that way. I will say the one thing I have to give to the college football committee or whatever you want to call them, um, I have to give them a little bit of credit because a lot of people shit on them. I mean, the TV execs must have been fucking on the phone with them 24-7. You got to put Ohio State at three because that game would have done fucking Super Bowl numbers. That's a great point. Yeah, I think that could have easily been it, right? But I just, and again. And you could have totally justified it, by the way, because TCU's got that one loss. Ohio State's got that one loss. Not the same kind of loss, though. No, I agree, but I'm just, I'm looking at it from, from a from the other side, where I mean, whoever has the Fiesta Bowl, I mean, they must have been clamoring for Ohio State as opposed to TCU. Of course, and I'm sure there were people in that in that room and on the committee that would have loved to do that, but justifiably so, you couldn't. You can't tell me that Ohio State deserves that more than TCU. Not at all. Now let's talk about the games. The college football playoff, of course, is set. Both games are being played on New Year's Eve. Um, that'll be a fun day. Um, first game or whatever, I don't know what order it's going in, but the first game you have written down for me here is Georgia-Ohio State. Um, I don't know if you have the spreads handy or what it opened at. Um, you do? I do not. Okay, well, I'm going to guess it's Georgia by a touchdown. Um, and I, I just think we did it last year. Because their wins just seem so boring, and we're going to do it again this year, and a lot of people are going to pick Ohio State, and I think Georgia is just going to show everybody we're going to win boring, we're going to win up front. 
Um, Stetson Bennett is going to do just enough to get us to win the game, and they're going to be moving on to the national title game. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I I, I think Georgia is just so much more the the better team, and I also believe that you know Ohio State has flaws. I, I don't love their defense. I think Bennett's going to be able to do what he did against that Alabama defense last year. I think the running game with McIntosh in particular is really, really good. And that defense, we saw what they did to, to Tennessee in that really heralded game, right? So I'm, I'm absolutely going to take Georgia to, to win this. I'm not going to say in a landslide because there is a lot of talent on Ohio State, you know, starting with C.J. Stroud. But I could see something here like 28-17. It's a good call. I, I agree. I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. I think the spread should be a touchdown. Um, I think the Fiesta Bowl is going to be a lot closer. I think this game's going to be a dogfight. By the way, I've got the lines right now. Georgia is opening as a six-and-a-half point favorite against wow. Ohio State. And Let me guess right Michigan. Michigan. Let me guess Michigan. Don't say it out loud. Okay. okay. Michigan's at home, number two undefeated against TCU. Not home, they're neutral. Yeah, but they're the home team. They're going to wear their home uniforms because they're the yes. they're the higher seed. Yes. Um, I know it's at a neutral site, rightfully so for these games. You know I don't have any qualms with this one, just stupid regular season games. Um, <laughs> Michigan. Hmm. Michigan's a five-and-a-half point favorite. A little low, eight-and-a-half. Ooh. I might be on TCU side on this one, my friend. Give me a score. I'm going to go Michigan 33, TCU 28. I love that. I love that. That's very similar to what the Big 12 championship game was. TCU can score with this team. Oh, yeah, they can. They I mean, can. Matt it's Duggan, just Duggan, dude, he's great. It, the thing is this game will be won and lost in the first quarter. Can TCU – are they prepared, and can they take that punch in the mouth that Michigan's going to give them in the first quarter? Right, because Michigan also, you know, they wear teams down with that offensive line. You saw what they did to Ohio State in that game. It was pretty close there in the first half, and then, you know, they just completely took over the the trenches in that game. And I'm interested to see because TCU does play defense, and they've got some big boys. I mean, we saw what they did in that Texas game, but – you know, we're talking about a Big 12 defense that was kind of middle of the road against one of the best defenses in the country. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so you you and I both have Michigan-Georgia moving on, right? Or what's yes. your score? Nope, I, I've, I've got Michigan. I'm going to say a similar score. I'll say like 35-27, something like okay. that. All right, yeah. Uh, that'll be a fun national title game. I'm looking at Georgia to win it all again. I think it's – I don't know. I, I just – I feel like George is obviously a blue chip school. Kirby Smart's done a great job there, but I just I find them boring. Um, personally, they're, they're they're I mean blue chippers all around. I mean they're gonna have a lot of first rounders again, but I just I find them boring. Maybe it's because Stetson Bennett isn't that sexy, Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud esque you know first round top five pick, but I, I just I find Georgia a little a little boring. But they're great. Just boring. I think they're boring because they're great. You know, they don't have to do anything with like real, like glitz and glamour. Like they just fucking punch you in the mouth and they keep doing it. And well, they're just I'm better sorry. than you. Period. That's it. Yeah, 
yep, I need to see Michigan do it. Michigan and Georgia played each other in the first, in the final four last year, the college football playoff, and Georgia absolutely dismantled them. Now, Georgia also won the national championship and produced one of the greatest college football defenses of all time. Um, But Michigan had no shot. Now, granted, that was with a different quarterback. C.J. McCarthy was not playing in that game. Um, So let's let's see uh they have to make some adjustments because they if it's anything like last year you know george is going to take them to the woodshed again yeah no doubt i agree with that all right heisman's you got duggan you know i got a ride for my boy caleb um i think it's going to be pretty close but i i tend to agree with you i don't think it's caleb williams's fault but given you know he was dinged up and and that game was not as far apart in 47-24 as, I mean, that game was a one-touchdown game in the third quarter, and then he throws the pick, and then it's just all downhill from there because USC just had nothing left. But, I mean, with what Duggan did, and we'll have to see what he – well, it, they're not going to make it to the to the Fiesta Bowl, but with what Duggan did on Saturday, I think he's going to win it. I don't think Caleb lost it. I think Max Duggan just grabbed it. Agreed. Yeah. I think he just had an unbelievable game. And even though they lost that game by three, I mean, it wasn't on him at all. And you talk about Caleb being beat up. I mean, Duggan was on the turf every single play. He was just getting his absolute ass beat in. But he was great. He, he answered the bell. He's had an unbelievable year, both rushing and passing. Um I don't think there's a, it's a knock on Caleb. Uh, I, I wouldn't look at it in the way that he lost it. I think Duggan had to have an unbelievable game, and and Caleb had to have a, a less than you know by his standards great game. And both of those things happened. Yep, I'm I'm not too worried for Caleb. I think he's gonna. I think next year, if Ohio State, I haven't looked at their class, but if uh, not Ohio State, sorry USC. Goddamn USC. <laughs> Has their has their shit together with their recruit, recruiting class, and they can figure out the transfer portal. He's going to win it next year, and he's they're going to win the national title as well. I like that bold prediction starting early, and we'll see how bold it actually is. I hope Alabama's back in the football playoff and has something to say about that. Remember, next year is the last year of four, so we get mm-hmm. to have one more great regular season. Tom, let's close college football off. We're talking about Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State to Colorado. What do you think of this move? And, and he's got his work cut out for him at that program because they have been absolute dog shit for a better part of 20 years. But if anybody could walk in there that's not named Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, I, I like I like Coach Prime. I like Coach Prime too. And, you know, when he first started at Jackson State, I thought this was – I don't want to I don't want to disrespect him and say I didn't know if he was serious, but he had that program humming. Um, I like that he went to an HBCU and, and he – elevated that program and all the programs to go along with it. I did think it was time for him to break into uh, a higher league. And I'm going to have to see. I think that transfer portal is going to be wild for him as well. Oh, dude, there was an anonymous coach uh, with a Power 5 school that came out and said, if he reached out to my entire team to transfer, half of them would leave. Like, he has that kind of staying power. And now with the NIL, you know, it, it's going to be crazy. You get to go out to Boulder, Colorado. I know, you know, it's going to be hard to convince those kids from 
Southern California and Florida and Georgia. Uh, Dion's got the gift of the golden tongue. He wasn't just a good football player. Great football player. He he absolutely does, and I'm not sure if you saw when he was addressing the team. He said, I'm bringing my own luggage, meaning basically, if you want to transfer, get the hell out because I'm bringing my own guys in, starting with uh, his son, um, the quarterback, who's going to be a top pick in another couple of years. So um, it's it's going to be fascinating to see, man. I think you know, you're know you going to look at a rough year or two, but – with with the transfer portal the way it is and 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 the NIL the way it is it doesn't take as long to build shitty programs back up i mean yep. look at just in one year what Brian Kelly did with LSU and what uh what Lincoln Riley did with USC i mean look at TCU they've got a lot of transfers on their team as well TCU as well yeah um yeah i mean i'm rooting i'm rooting for Colorado i'm rooting for my my boy Dilfer at UAB yes. um those are my two teams outside of um, Go Trojans, USC. There we go. All right, Tom. Well, future alma mater. Time, your future alma mater, of course. The next time we talk college football, we'll be breaking down the college football playoff final four and then eventually the national championship. We will not be doing all the other bowls because we never have and uh, we don't want to. Great college football season, though. You fucking brought it. You get better every year. Thank you. I'm looking to run it back again next year. It, it's it, – it's, it's not my favorite, but it is a lot of fun. Um, and, and, you know, now that I give a fuck about it and I see how much you give a fuck about it, I do like talking about it. I enjoy it just like you like talking about golf, and I can't wait I for that to start say, up again. Yeah, it's it's coming. I, I've really enjoyed you introducing me more to golf and the PGA Tour and, and the personalities, and I've been watching a lot more tournaments, and, and that's my pledge to you is I'm going to get even more into it this year when it starts up again. So I think we're just getting a much more well-rounded pod as we're 268 episodes in. But one thing we damn well know how to do is the NFL. And let's start off, Tom Baker Mayfield. He gets released. He requested his release by the Panthers because your former baby boy is going to start the rest of the season. And he found himself on a terrible Rams team. And I think he's starting tomorrow against the Raiders. I think he probably requested this out because he – I mean, it was pretty quick how they how 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 fast they picked him up. So I guess maybe he heard whisperings that they were interested. I like it for both sides. My baby boy is the best quarterback in Carolina. I I think he's got a chance to pull a Geno Smith and be good somewhere else. Maybe not as good as Geno, but be a serviceable starter for a team. I still hold out hope for Sam. Um, as for Baker, I mean, hey. You know, you pick the worst quarterback situation in the league. You say, I'm better than those guys. And you go over there and you take that job. I mean, play your balls off these last, what, three games, four games, whatever it is. Six Six games. Five or six games. Yeah, Yeah, whatever. Week 14. Yeah, isn't there 17 games in the season? Yeah, so 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Four more weeks. Last last three, four games, like I said. Um and, and and I guess you treat this as an audition. I mean, who the hell knows? Stafford could retire. He could, man. That's that's tough with him. I mean, he's been beat up his whole career, and he's not healthy right now. So you never know. Maybe maybe he shows McVay something. Maybe they click. And I mean, this is just an audition for him. Yeah. No, it really is, and and it kind of sucks. I mean, if you are somebody with Baker stock, like. There's not really much talent on this team right now that he's dealing with. Obviously, we know Cooper Cup's out for the year, and 
But, hey, he's a better option than what they currently have. And maybe, like, you're 100% right. Maybe Stafford's totally done and Baker finds himself into a more healthy team next year with, obviously, McVay. And I got to say, with the annoyingness of certain quarterbacks this year, I did find Baker annoying, and I know you don't like him. But, I mean, I think that there are so many other annoying quarterbacks in this league that – I, I kind of feel for Baker just because I feel like he hasn't done some of the shit that these other guys have done. Like, I'm done with Rodgers. He's annoying as fuck. I'm clearly done with Russell Wilson. I mean, he's a fucking – he's the worst. Um, <laughs> I'm done with Zach Wilson, so that's another one. And yep. and and Kyler Murray, too. I mean, there, he, there's so many fucking asshole quarterbacks in this league that I kind of feel for Baker. Yeah, it, it's weird that Baker's become a, a sympathetic figure. And, and I will say this. I, I know it gets kind of lost in that when when I talk about how much I don't like him, but it really doesn't even have that much to do with him. It's just the suck fest that people have had for him forever that I just never bought into. I never thought he was particularly good. I know we had that playoff run um, a couple of years ago, getting to the second round. But, I mean, I just never really thought he was that good. And I, and I never understood why so many people thought he was so good and he got all the commercials and, you know, it's his, he's a little bit of a, of a punk. I think he has some of that Napoleon complex in him, but mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's not the most likable guy, but you're hundred percent right. He, he pales in comparison to a lot of these other clowns. I think more of it just has to do with the fact that I've just never really thought he was that good. And this is always kind of what I thought he would be a middle-of-the-road quarterback, and yep. people would argue me all the time, and I would just be like, I don't know why you're trying to hold on to it so much. We have enough sample size to show he's really not that great. Completely agree with you, and I think his personality has kind of overshadowed him as a quarterback because he did get all those commercials pretty much undeservingly when it comes to on-the-field skill, and I think that was to his detriment. Totally agree. The most the, the thing he did to justify it was being the number one pick. That, mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. And having that kind of charisma, because um, he was good in those commercials, but Not I, bad I, again, at all. I just never, never bought into him as a quarterback, um, you know, with real staying power. But anyway, Tom, week 13 is done. And we'll start with my team that kissed, kissed its sister this week. They tied 2020 with the commanders. Both teams at the end of that game were playing for a tie. Seemed like neither one really wanted to win that game or take the risk of possibly losing this game. And I'd like to say I'm really pissed because the Giants were winning 20 to 13 and they really did everything they could to lose this game. But a tie is not the worst thing in the world. And now all it does is set up this game that got flexed to Sunday night in week 16 uh, or in week 15. Rather, it's going to be the biggest game of the season for the Giants and commanders. Whoever wins that game is probably 100 percent in. Yep, it is. Um, the Giants were gassed. I, I was a little disappointed in the Giants just because I understand the fact you're trying to protect whatever you, whatever playoff you have, playoff hopes you have, but this team wasn't supposed to be here this year. You guys are absolutely decimated by injuries and skill positions and other positions as well. I think you go for it, but that's just me. I see that side of the equation. I think if we were worse, they probably would have, but... Um... You know, you have a lot of players who have bought into this team, and and I don't think Dable wants to wants to you know go for it on your own. For, totally you know, get that as well. Yard line, and I see that. I mean, obviously, Ron Rivera kind of played it the same way. I mean, the, the takeaways I have are, are this. You know, I love Brian Dable. I give him so much credit, but I have to give him a little shit. The team's been a little less disciplined of late, 
Uh, they, you know, that Feliciano taunting penalty. I know he didn't mean to do it. It was hyping up his own player, but you know that that's just stupid. You don't do it in that situation. You cost your team 15 yards. Uh, that's a reflection of the head coach. If I'm going to shit on Sal, I got to shit on Dable. Um, Slayton's drop was just horrific. You know, Jones threw a perfect pass that sets him up for the game-winning field goal. He drops it right through his fucking hands. He must be doing uh, that, uh, the jugs machine with Kenny Galladay. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Kenny Galladay, you know, he's. I don't even talk about him anymore. There's really no reason to talk about him. Um, and the last, and the last thing is, you're 100 right. They're so decimated. They're capable of playing really well for like three quarters. Now, it could be the first third and fourth quarter or the second third first second and third they can't play a full game i mean it's pretty obvious and you know they they let taylor heineke march down the field when the they were up 20 to 13 all they needed was a stop and you know you let them march 90 yards down the field including the converting a fourth and eight that would have won the game um it's tough. It's tough, but you just reminded that this team, even though it's frustrating, you, you remind yourself of the fact that they're not supposed to be here, and, and anything they give you is gravy. But I got to tell you, Tom, I, I left that game thinking, you know, Washington, everybody's got to get off that hype train because they're no better than us. Now, we're no better than them, but they're really not a lot better than the Giants either. No, they've got they've got better players, but I just think the Giants are better coached and. And, uh, yeah, they're about the same team. Um, I don't know. Taylor Heineke, in my opinion, should change his name to this fucking guy because that's what I feel like I say <laughs> every single game. This fucking guy is going to lead his team down the field and, and 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 give him a chance to win? This fucking guy? This fucking guy. And yeah. He does. He does every uh, week. He does every week. It was a fun game, though. Uh, I missed most of it because I was driving back from San Antonio, but uh, I did catch the overtime. And, and I hope that was fun. Goal, but... It was a good time, man. I missed a, all. Really I missed fun. almost all the games because I was at a christening. That's right. That's and right. the we'll power. The the by the way, the power went out at the christening, so uh, oh, a two-hour lunch turned into a like a four and a half hour affair. Oh, my man! And there was no service at this place, and they wouldn't before the power went out. They wouldn't put the game on at the bar because they said people were eating at the bar, and I said the bar is for drinking and watching. And they wouldn't let me. So then finally, the lady, I pulled her to the side and I said, let me just get the Wi-Fi. Just me. Doesn't have to be anybody else. Got the Wi-Fi. On my walk back oh. to the table across the street, the transformer blows powers out. Obviously, there's no Wi-Fi. There was something, there was something, some external force that did not want you watching football. Nope. And I missed my Jets. Um, and I missed... <sighs> them breaking my hearts. I mean, they got the ball. What was it? First and goal. Can't get it. Um, you know, they they got off to a slow start. The defense clawed them back into the game. Um, and Mike White's obviously not the guy, but I mean, because there was a lot of throws that just, I I watched obviously the highlights and the replay of the game, and there was just a lot of throws that should have been made, and this game should have been won. Well, let's 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 change a couple things here um, that I gotta disagree with just slightly. Is the first half was bad, particularly the first yeah. quarter. He throws the interception. You're down seventeen three, but he does throw for well over three hundred yards in this game, and once again gets your best offensive player Garrett Wilson involved. I think he had eleven catches, something like that. Um, 
Yeah, he, he's not going to make every throw on the field, but he makes a good amount of them. He did make some beautiful throws. Your defense started to play better as, as the offense started putting points on the board. But, Tom, here's the problem, man. This is the difference between the Vikings and the Jets. Six trips into the red zone. You kick five field goals. I know. That's what I'm saying. He just can't, they can't punch it in. You really miss Brees Hall and Michael Carter. That's really that's what it comes down to me because they tried running the ball. They just They just couldn't do it. I know, I know, and then that's the problem with Mike White. You're right; he throws for 300 yards, he makes all the throws, but I feel like he made all of his hay between you know the, the 220s. It's also harder to score in the red zone, like throw touchdown passes. But yeah, I mean, but you look at the last play with Barrios, right? I know it was slightly behind him, but Barrios has to catch that ball. If he catches mm-hmm. that ball, you win. I know, man. Listen, I'm still I'm still optimistic about this Jets team. Do I think Mike White is our future? No, but I am enjoying it a lot more than the Zach Wilson experience. Well, because you're in games, man. I mean, you, you had that game. The Vikings are a better team, but you hung with them. 27-22. Yeah, if, we, if the defense didn't get off to such a slow start, I think we could have beat them. I agree with you. I, I did not take away – again, I obviously didn't watch this full game either, but I, I watched all the highlights and I listened to a lot of analysis about it. Uh, I, I I don't take away that the Vikings are an exponentially better team than the Jets. Like everybody was like, "Oh, you're going to lose this game." The Jets belonged on that field with them. A hundred percent, they absolutely did. And no, I don't. I'm not a still not a believer in the Vikings. When they're holding the Super Bowl trophy, I'm still going to say maybe I don't know. Maybe they can win. <laughs> it. I'm not sure. We don't know. They're they're, they're a very weird ten and two. Um, Their defense sucks. And I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that really frustrated me about Mike White is that this defense really, really could have been had. And it was a kick in the nuts that Carter didn't really play. Well, you want to talk about sucks. How about the Patriots offense? Because the the Bills beat them 24-10 to 10 on Thursday night football. They're rocking those great red throwbacks at home. I love those uniforms, even though I hate Boston sports. I hate um, those uniforms. It just reminds me of us getting our fucking asses kicked by Tom Brady is what it reminds me of. <laughs> but, um... Mac Jones is yelling at Matty PP, who somehow is being, you know, still the offensive coordinator. I don't get it. What a terrible job. I mean, the Bills go in. I, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with the Bills. I know I did my best, as you said, Bill Clinton imitation last week talking around them. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I'm back on the Bills bandwagon. And, boy, the Patriots offense, that sucks. That is really, fine. really terrible. I'm fine with the Bills. I still think the Chiefs are the class and the Bengals are giving it a run in the AFC. Um, But, yeah, the Patriots, it's just like, does Bill Belichick, did he say to himself before the season started, like, this shit is fucking easy. It's not hard enough for me. So I'm going to take my old shitty defensive coordinator and I'm going to actually make him an (laughs) offensive coordinator. Like, what the fuck? If it was any other coach, you know, they'd be sent to a mental institution. No, yeah, I mean, not only would they be fired, this guy wouldn't be wouldn't be able to coach fucking uh, Greenwich High School over here, much less a high school down for you in Texas, if that was the yeah. case. No, definitely not. Um, I know the Patriots scored a lot of points against the Vikings the previous week. I, I just don't like. They're, they're I think that's more five. of a detriment to the to the Vikings defense, and why would none of us believe in them than it is the Patriots being good on offense? Really fair point. Really fair point. Um, Packers beat the Bears 28-19 in a game I couldn't have felt any better about, which is why I took it. Good pick. It doesn't matter. Justin Fields had some really good moments. He also had some bad ones. We know what the standing of that Bears team is. It's not good. But Aaron Rodgers, man, he's he's playing with bruised ribs and a broken thumb, and 
he's still kicking the shit out of the Bears. It must. I know you're a Jets fan having to deal with the Patriots, but I can't imagine being a Bear fan having to just deal with Favre and then rolling into Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I think the Jets have had more success against the, the Patriots. They oh, beat them in the close. playoffs one year than the, mm-hmm. than the Bears have had against the Packers over the last a million years. And they call it the greatest rivalry in sports, or whatever they call it. Get the what? fuck out of here. There's no That's rivalry. Terrible. No, none. Um, yeah, Rodgers. I mean, I still, I just don't get the bitching because, you know, you complain about whatever uh, and then you take the bag and Devontae Adams' ass out. Um, I, I, part of the reason might have been because you took the bag and they didn't want to pay Devontae Adams. I'm not sure. But then they got this Watson guy, another fucking electric player that they go out and get him. And you're still complaining. Yeah, he's... He's just old and curmudgeon which you know I respect, but when you're doing it at the detriment of your team, when you, you're the sole reason why these guys aren't getting – you can't bring in these great players. You think we should do a players. podcast after we take ayahuasca together or no? I, know, I hear you puke on ayahuasca, though. That's the only problem. I've heard that, too. Violently. I mean, you come back for, with a very different perspective on life from what I've heard. Now, I can't speak for you, but I have not done any psychedelics in my lifetime. So ayahuasca is going to be quite the <laughs> quite the first trip. Well, speak for yourself. Uh, but I also yeah, haven't done a psychedelic in a long time. I haven't done any drugs in a long time for that matter. I'm old now. Look at you. We're bringing full transparency here on the spot. <laughs> All right. Steelers beat the Falcons 19-16 and... They got a little momentum with Kenny Pickett, and the Falcons continue to be one week they win, the next week they lose, and perpetually mediocre. Yeah, I mean, I like I like what I see with Kenny Pickett. This defense is just so much better when they have their real players playing, and that's all I really have to say about that. What, what do we care? We don't. Um, Lions killed the Jaguars 40-14. to There was a really big Trevor Lawrence injury scare. Turns out he's okay, but... Man, this Lions offense, they are putting up serious points. I know they lost to the Bills on Thanksgiving, but I think they scored 24 in that game. I mean, they're they're putting up a lot of points. I don't know if it's enough to get them into the postseason. They've still got some tough games ahead, but they kicked the shit out of Jacksonville. Yeah, they did. Uh, thank God the Packers won. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Agreed. Um, moving on down the line in the A.J. Brown revenge game, it was all A.J. Brown and Tom, your Tennessee Titans, who fired their GM, by the way, which I find kind of strange after... Kind of uh, hilarious. Another great... Yeah, right? Kind of hilarious after what's another good year, but probably he watched the A.J. Brown... Yep. Or the owner watched the A.J. Brown game and be like, really? You traded this guy? Get out. Um, <laughs> Get out. Eagles killed him. 35-10. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, this was this game right here showed me that Hurts might, might have something. He might be able to do it. Um they go from the last two weeks just running all over teams, and then Tennessee, what do they do? They stop the run, they trust Hurts, and they let him sling the ball all over the yard. Love it. They got their mojo back now. There were those couple weeks with that Monday night loss to Washington and then the very, very close win against Indy. We were wondering, ah, what's going on with this team? They're fucking back. Uh, they murdered this They murdered this Tennessee team who had been playing really well. And Tom, uh, you always shout him out, Dilfer. He he was a spot on Rosillo on Monday, and he broke down Jalen Hurts really, really well. And he is an MVP candidate. The race is wide open this year. Absolutely, and it seems like a couple MVP guys are getting hurt every week. So I think it's a battle of attrition. I do too. Um, 
Let me ask you about your Titans. Any any real concern, or is this just a blip on the radar against a really good Philly team in Philly? I mean, I think I picked the Titans to suck at the beginning of the year. You but did. I, but I also it. said that I was wrong, so I can't go back on that. I mean, given the division they're in, I, I never thought the Titans were going to go to the fucking Super Bowl or anything. So, no, I'm not worried about them and their playoff positioning. I mean, the Jaguars lost. The Texans lost. The What other teams in their division? I'm trying to think. Colts. The Colts. They, the Colts didn't even get off the bus and wherever, <laughs> Dallas or at home. Who the hell knows? I don't Dallas. even remember. Um, so, no, I'm not worried about the Titans when it comes to their playoff spots. Somebody has to win that division. By default, they should. Maybe I meant they should move the like Jets. A, yeah, I meant more from like the playoff, like actually going advancing because we did talk oh, no, last the week Titans about how. No, but we did talk about last week how they do have the formula where if they get up to leads, but this is what scares me is they're going to play a team that can explode offensively on them, and they just don't have the firepower to to match one of those shootouts. It's just that's not how they play. No matter how well coached they are, it's just not their DNA. Um, we're going to skip over this game a lot. The Browns killed the Texans in Deshaun Watson's first game back. He looked okay. The Browns' defense killed good. the Texans. The Browns' defense killed the Texans. God, the Texans suck. They are so fucking un- unwatchably bad. Yeah, they are, but they they got a lot of picks coming their way, so hopefully they can beef up that roster. Um, yeah, I didn't have much to say about Deshaun. He looks... We're, I'm not saying any more off the field shit. I, we've said our piece. No. Don't care. Let's talk about the game. He just looked like he hasn't played football in two years. And and you know what, Sean, you might have been the earliest of anybody I heard on this. Um, you said, is he going to be good right away? Is he going to be good because he hasn't played in two years? And you were right. Yeah, he looked rusty. You know, he, he looked rusty. And I think he, he's going to look rusty for a little bit. Yeah, and then it matters. Is is rust? Is it rust turning into? A waiting game and he's actually good again or is it russ turning into russ <laughs> russell wilson Ooh. where all of a sudden they just completely fall off the fall off the what road, a so. what a use of words there yeah i mean if it if it does then it's just a battle of worst contracts ever worst trading contracts ever a hundred percent um speaking of russ <laughs> in a game that matters Absolutely not at all. Although the Ravens did lose Lamar with a knee injury. Sounds like he's out one to three weeks with a uh, MCL. But they beat the Broncos 10 to 9. Tom, I, I don't, I'm at a loss for words with this Broncos offense. I, I really am. Now you are? You, now? I mean, I, I, I've, I've been saying they suck. I've used every bad word I possibly could use, every insult, every everything I could say about them. At this point, I just. They're not a professional team or offense. They're not a professional offense. Their defense is great. No, I mean, some of these defensive players must want to fucking – they should honestly – I would say beat him up on the sideline, but that doesn't do anything. They should mug Russell Wilson for some of the money that he's had. <laughs> they, yeah. They, they really they should. should. Get some of it back. Yeah. They should, they, should, they should try and spread that money out a little bit amongst the entire defensive side of the ball. This is a fucking joke, and I love it every week. I, I, just, I love that it's almost like a tradition. It's a very quick-forming tradition for us at this point because it's happened almost every week. This, this Broncos offense is probably the, maybe the worst offense I can remember. With the starter, it's up there with some of those really yeah, excluding. bad recent giant and jet years. Like, let's not forget how 
had both of those offenses were for like three years there. But no, I'm with you. It is it is so bad. And Tom, what's also become a tradition, at least for this year, is it's yet another incredibly underwhelming Raven win. Ten to nine, they had to come back and win this game with Huntley as the backup. And I know Huntley, people like to say he's like Lamar Light. He's not. He has some attributes that are good. Um, I don't love when he throws, but he made some plays in this game, and they were able to somehow outlast this terrible, terrible Denver team. Yeah, I'm very concerned if I'm a Ravens fan. I mean, this team is shredded by injuries for like the seventh year in a row. Um, I mean, you got Steelers twice. I I like to think you're going to lose one of those games. Browns and Ravens you should take – or Browns and Falcons you should take care of. But then January 8th, talk about a game that needs to be flexed to Sunday night. Cincinnati Bengals Mm. in Cincinnati. They're both tied at 8-4 and right now. That's that's another reason why this win was so huge for them because they had to keep pace with this, this, you know, bandwagon that's happening for the second year in a row in Cincinnati, which we'll get to momentarily. Um, Do you worry about the Ravens and Lamar? I mean, (laughs) this team wasn't playing well when Lamar was even in there in, in this game. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think they're staring at missing the playoffs um, right in the face. I mean, the Bengals have coming up in the next couple games. They got the Browns. That's a win. They got the Bucks. That that game is very winnable. They got the Patriots. That's a win. And then they and then they face Buffalo, and then finally the Ravens. So I think you know the Browns are looking at three and one going into that final game on the eighth. Yeah, it's it's going to be really it's going to be a really close call. This AFC playoff picture is pretty nuts right now. Um, every week, like a team could go from like the first wild card to two games out. It's pretty it's pretty gnarly. Um, 49ers lose Jimmy G. Uh, I wrote he's out for the season, but today that was put away. They said he's out about seven to eight. Who weeks reported it, John Heyman? nice seven eight weeks which could have him back for the second round of the postseason if they make it but they beat up on the dolphins with brock purdy 33 17 and this is the first time that this dolphins offense and tua look pretty disjointed man yeah the formula formula was shown forced Tua to throw to the outside and he can't do it that's pretty much it pressure him and force him to throw throw outside the hashes there were also some pretty horrendous drops by some Dolphin players, yeah. but for sure. I mean, he was uncomfortable, man. They were knocking him to the turf and forcing him onto some tough throws, and this is what I feel about this team. Now, I want to see Brock Purdy play a couple weeks before I change my – before I really – Yeah, I'm not saying anything crazy. Bandwagon. But right now, with Jimmy G out, I think I'm moving Philly into the favor in the NFC. I don't want to do it because I love this 49er team, but I think Philly's better. Yeah, I mean, you know how the NFL is. It's such recency bias. I mean, I'm talking about the Titans like they're going to go to the Super Bowl two weeks ago and then they lay an egg. So, But, yeah, the Eagles right now just look like the team to beat in the NFC. I mean, they seem to have but it all together. But I say together. that because Jimmy G's hurt now. Yes. I, I wouldn't say that if Jimmy G was still healthy. Oh, 100%. And I think this game, maybe they put up 40 or more with Jimmy G in the game. Uh, we're going to have to see with this kid. What's his name? Brock something? Brock Purdy. Mr. Brock Irrelevant. Purdy. Literally the war, the last pick in the draft. Listen, he he can throw the ball, and he was heavily recru- recruited out of high school as well. Do you remember where he went to school? Iowa State. Bingo. College football savant Tom Pacino. Thank um, you. 
how do we feel about the Dolphins after this loss? Is this is this a blueprint to beat them, or just a, just I'll say the same term, flip on the radar? No, I I think the Dolphins are vulnerable, honestly. That speed has to that has to be there, or else you know they do become you know less less great. I just think the middle of the field and the easy the easy checkdowns, not even checkdowns, but the first reads need to be there for Tua. And they took those away, and then two has got to make decisions that he just can't make. Yeah, and they and they have to force him to get rid of the ball fast, which yep. you know he likes to go. He does go through his progressions well, but very fast. Know, he, has, he has to do them with very fast, but he has to do them with a, a lot of time and protection, which he didn't have yep. in and, this game. And he has to make decisions and throws that he just can't make, and that's how you beat he just, him. Yeah, he doesn't have the world's strongest arm. We know that. Um, Raiders beat the Chargers, and Tom, I mean, the Raiders were dead to rights. Somehow they're still in the playoff picture. I give them a lot of credit for rebounding after what looked like a lost season. But your Chargers, they're the story. <laughs> they fucking suck. They really do. I mean, they're wasting they're wasting a lot of Justin Herbert's career here. I know he's still young, but, I mean, he's been a starter for three years now, and they've never even sniffed the playoffs. And I mean, I guess you could say last, last year. year. Yeah, but your boy, Brandon Staley, coughed up the game. Yeah, I mean, Raiders. To the Raiders. Raiders post Derek Carr crying at the podium have been a pretty good team. Hey, they, I'll say this. I made fun of it when it happened. I think you joined me. Uh, they, they're playing for him. Uh, they're definitely a different team. What a team. catch by Devontae Adams, by the way. Oh, my God. Sick. Yeah, Keenan Allen had a great game, but there's really – I mean, Eckler has been really the – he has been bottled up and exposed this year um, in the second half. And, I mean, they're just giving Herbert nothing. I don't even blame him, to be honest. No, I don't blame him either. He's doing the best he can, but the defense isn't making plays. And, um, you know, honestly, too, man, like, they just leave so much to be – desired like they they needed a two-point conversion to come out and beat the lowly cardinals and then you do this shit against a raiders team that's not been good like you, you should not be losing these games and that's more validation that i have that brandon say is going to be gone at the end of this year 100 percent. i hope um we skipped over but we got the seahawks and rams this game should not have been 27 24 but the seahawks defense out of late has been really bad and they have put all the weight on on uh, geno smith's shoulders and he got it done against i don't know what do you think the second worst team in football i don't know maybe the rams and the texans have to play for us to find that out but this game should not have been this close oh my god no i mean wolford was throwing bad picks and then leading them down the field i thought the I thought the Rams' defense was actually pretty decent in this game. But, yeah, Geno needed everything he had to win this game. They had to win this game because if they lost, now you're really – I mean, the worst yep. thing that happened to them this week was that was the tie between the Giants and, yes. and, and Tommies. I just – I don't think the Seahawks are for real. I just think there's too much on their defense that's not there. I do have a question. Wolfert with a full crow hop or Caleb Williams if I'm holding both of his ankles <laughs> together with my arms? I would take Caleb Williams kneeling. <laughs> that guy's got a fucking hose. Where's yeah. Jamarcus Russell when you need him? Oh, man. That's a great question. <laughs> uh, probably too many jokes uh, coming into my head at once, so I'm going to leave that alone. Good for you. Good for you taking the high road, Bill Clinton. Thanks. Um, 
<laughs> yep, those are two probably non-playoff teams in the AFC, the Chargers. They needed this game, I think, to stay afloat in the playoffs. I think them and the Patriots are barely in. My Jets are ahead of them. I'm hoping they can tread water. But moving on to a big playoff implication game, the Bengals beat the Chiefs 27-24. to What do we think? Burrow's 3-0 and against the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey finds a way to fuck up every once in a while. But, you know, in this game, it, I feel like there has been a couple of games where – the Chiefs have left a little bit out there to be desired, but this was the first one where I just sat there and was like, God damn, do they miss Tyreek Hill. Yeah, th- that's a really good call. I felt similar. Like, I was waiting for the big play, and I, I don't I don't have a lot of faith, which means Chiefs fans don't have a lot of faith, which means Mahomes doesn't have a lot of faith in the fact that he can chuck the ball down there and that Smith-Schuster or Valdez-Scantling are going to come down with it. You know, Sky Moore even, you know, like – you knew Tyree Kill when he went up for it. He was securing that ball. I've got, I've got something for them. They should make Pacheco a wide receiver. I like him. He looks like Tyree Kill out there. They gave him the same oh. number. I like him a lot. Um, they have a lot of guys, but they don't have the guy outside of Travis Kelsey. And it hurts. It does show in a game like that because the Bengals do have the guy in Jamar Chase. I mean, man, some of those catches he was making, but – to get to the to get to the first down marker, fighting when he was like three yards behind it as he was going down just to extend his arm out and get it, like he is such a complete wide receiver. He makes the unbelievable catch. He makes the routine catch. His yards after catch are, ex- are extraordinary. He he toes the sideline. He knows how to separate. He does everything, man. And him and Burrow, their synergy together is just elite. Yeah, it it truly is, and they might be making another Super Bowl run with a better defense this year. And a, and I'd say, I don't know. He's Burrow's still getting his ass beat out there, not to his own fault. No, he maybe is, sometimes but... to his own fault because that guy talk about somebody that just loves staring ten guys running at him right in his face and doesn't give a fuck. Sometimes I'm like, throw the thing away, Jesus Christ. Well, that's that's what I was saying a couple weeks ago when we talked about it. I'm like, man, you sometimes just. It's not there, but that's just not in his DNA, man. He's going to take the fucking hit. He's going to make a perfect throw. He's going to get up, and he's going to do it again. I just hope he, he can get keep fun. getting up for their sake. Well, they, they need him, obviously. Um, but they remind me a lot of where they were at this time last year, man. They're winning these close games. They're, Samaji P. Ryan has over 100 yards rushing. Yeah, I Mixon's, mean, Mixon's back this week. Back yet. Right, so they can control the ball. They can control the time of possession with a running game. They, they have a litany of receivers who can make plays, and their defense is capable of getting after the quarterback and, and getting tur- turnovers. Uh, and McPherson's a fucking baller as a kicker. So he's not Justin Tucker, but he's, he's fucking good, and uh, they have a lot of confidence in him. This is a team that – I mean, now they're playing with confidence against Kansas City because, like I said, they're 3-0 and against Kansas City in the last three years, including that AFC Championship game last year, and that can only help their case if they do match up with them again this year no doubt about it they got the Chiefs number um Sunday night game Cowboys are always on Sunday night even for these shit games sometimes they really need to reevaluate they beat the living shit out of the Colts 54 <laughs> to 19 Jeff Saturday do you miss that nice warm booth <laughs> that nice warm set yeah um, Bristol yeah uh I'll tell you this man like I went to bed, I think it was 24-19 or 20. Same. 
I was like, oh, you know, they're going to win. They're easily going to win. Not for a second did I think they would lose. But then I woke up and I saw the score. I was like, holy shit. That was no mercy. That was a get right game for Dallas. Like, hey, like, let's just, I know the Giants gave us a little bit more of a game than we wanted. And we're on a 10 day layoff. And you know what? We're, we've already got this game won. Let's just fucking step on their throats. And they did that. Yeah, I definitely love that. Jeff Saturday not making his case to become, to get that intern title removed. Um, I don't really have much to say about the Cowboys here. Not surprised. They didn't do anything to make me feel any better, but they definitely didn't do anything to make me feel worse. This I think team... they're the second. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think they're the second most talented team in the NFC. Not saying that I feel the best about yep. them. But they're 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 right behind the Eagles, I think. For sure, and they're going to beat teams that they should beat. But I need to see their coach and their quarterback do it against a team that that they that gives them some competition. I hate saying it every week because it feels like we're not giving them their due. I am giving them their due. They're fucking great. They are a they are such a good team that from a talent perspective, they should be a Super Bowl favorite or maybe not favorite, but a Super Bowl contender. We should talk about them right up there with the Eagles in the NFC. But I think the reason people don't is because there's still questions about Dak and the coaching and we haven't seen them do it on the big stage yet. Until they do, the jury's out. Uh, one guy who always does it on the big stage, Tom, will finish the recap of week 13. Tampa comes back and beats New Orleans 17-16. They're down 16-10. Their offense looks fucking terrible. They can't do shit offensively. Brady's yelling at everybody. He's missing some throws. And then winning time comes, and you know what he does. And he throws the game-winning touchdown. They kick the extra point. And they beat the Saints. I'm just going to say this about the Saints before you go into this game. I texted you. I'm not an Andy Dalton fan or a believer or anything. They should have won this game. They had like four drops. That just cost them. Dalton made perfect throws. Olave had one go off his fucking head. His first like, drop of the year. First drop of his yes. career. Should have won should have won that game, but you know, it's Tom Brady and it was winning time. This game set football back twenty years, maybe twenty five. <laughs> it's tough to watch. When are when are I mean the guy has been doing it since I mean, shit, I might have just been out of diapers, but, I mean, when are we going to learn that he's just going to pick you apart in the middle of the field and that he and doesn't care about time? Him. Nobody nobody stops him. They just give him those chunk yards, those 15 yards, those 12 yards, like just like death by a billion paper cuts. And when are we going to learn that prevent defense prevents you from winning? If they listen to this podcast, teams would win a lot more. But they don't, and that's on them. Uh, maybe they should. Maybe they should. All right. Well, they. I mean, we are both above 500. I was going to say maybe they shouldn't listen to our picks, but you'd be making money if you were picking with us all year. Sean, week 13, you went 2-2. Two and two, I went 2-2. Two and two. You and I had a lot of the same games here. We actually had three out of the four same games. Um, you are 28 and 23. I am 26 and 23. Both got our Vikings call right, unfortunately, for the Jets. Uh, we both took the Commanders minus a point and a half, and that was a tie, so we both lost that one. Both took the Seahawks. That game seemed like the absolute lock of the year, but the Seahawks' defense sucks, so they could only win by three. <laughs> I had the Cowboys by ten and a half. I should have said, Sean, I'm going to take an alternate line here of what fucking thirty, and yeah. and you got to give me five wins for it. I don't know. Maybe you would have given me that. 
I would have in a, in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, that would have covered. So easily I won that one, and you got the Packers by three. And, and that yeah. talk about the lock of the year, that was the lock of the year. Good pick by you. I'm, I'm, I am jealous and envious of that pick. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Let's, Sometimes I just don't question certain things, you know? Yeah, I mean, let's just, you know, there's some, some things are just meant to happen. We, we overthink things sometimes. Like, oh, I'm a perpetual overthinker when it comes to doing <laughs> these spreads. Let me tell you. All right. He's a habitual line stepper. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's start off with the Jets here. Jets are in Buffalo, and the Buffalo Bills are favored by nine and a half. I got the Jets here. You do? Okay, I'm taking the Bills. I'm taking the Bills. Statement game, huh? Yeah, I'm feeling better about the Bills. Allen seems to be looking better. That defense is flying around, although I don't like the fact that Von Miller's out for the season. We didn't talk about that earlier with the ACL. But listen, I, I feel great about the mojo of the Jets. Can I say that this this game will feel close, but it will end by like, could you see it being like 27-17, 28-17, something like that? 100%. I mean, you're not going to pick that. But. I just had a feeling that you were going to take the Bills, and this is one of those games where it's like, the Bills are probably the right pick, but I actually feel good enough about the Jets to get a game back on Sean here. Well, I like that. You're taking your team. I respect. Speaking of taking their teams, the New York Giants are home against the rolling Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are favored by 6.5. Give me the Eagles. This is, should be at least a touchdown. They just outclass and out-talent the Giants. They're going to beat you throwing. If not, they're going to beat you running. Uh, I just I love the Giants' season. I really do like their head coach. But I just think that the Eagles are a much better team and the Giants are just decimated by injuries. Yeah, speaking of taking your team, I'm not going to do it. Eagles. (laughs) Way to to bury the lead there. Okay, you got the Eagles minus six and a half. And for all the reasons you said. I mean, these two teams talent-wise don't belong on the same field. All right, third game for me. I haven't done a sperm bank pick of the week in a while. You know I reserve these. I'm kind of like Barcelona Big Cat with his game of the year, although he has like six in a year. <laughs> Sperm Bank pick of the week. Kansas City Chiefs going to Denver, and they're going to fucking roll them. Oh, baby. I have this game too. Oh, Jesus. Well, we had success. No, we didn't. We lost last week yeah, we lost. when we picked the two. But I just, I just think this is a really bad offense against a very good team. And I just... If you're going to put up 10 points, you're going to lose. And I think the Broncos are legitimately averaging like 10 to 12 points If I don't, off the top of my head. If you're going to put up tops 12 points, the Chiefs are going to put up 24 to maybe 30, even in Denver with that good defense. I, I think this line is a little low. I do too. I'm kind of surprised it's only nine. It has to be because the Broncos are home, but I don't give a shit about that. And the Chiefs just lost a tough game. This is their second straight road game. I mean, they they got to they they got to get right and they got to win this game. They know Denver pretty well. Denver stinks. Go ahead, Kansas City, get right. Yeah, I just I just thought the spread should be higher, especially given. I don't think I've seen a minus seventeen spread in a long time, and I'm not taking it. But the Cowboys are favored by seventeen. Well, you're not going to take it, and I'm going to just grab it. I have this game as my fourth game. I'm going to do it. Houston fucking sucks. Wow. They are 
so bad, and I can't believe I'm doing this. I would never do this before, but I just saw what Dallas did to a really also terrible Indianapolis team. This is in Dallas. It's going to be all Cowboy fans. No Texans fans allowed. And, man, they they need to just keep the pedal on the fucking floor. Like, just keep doing it. And I see this being like a 41 to 18 game, something like that. Wow. Give me Dallas. You know what? This is this is one of those games where I I might stare at it, and then five minutes before the game, I'm gonna put in a Dallas alternate spread minus twenty, and I'm gonna feel like a genius when it hits. It might be one of those games. Um, I might do that right now, as a matter of fact. Do it. Um, but I might do something unprecedented here, and this might be just because I hate Deshaun Watson, given all the accusations, and I just hate the bullshit that the that the Browns pulled getting him in there and just slapping everybody in the face. I might do a double sperm bank pick of the week here. Give me Cincinnati oh. minus six. Alright. Where is that game? That game's in Cincinnati. Alright. I love it. Do it. Two sperm banks. Lock it in. Boys, this is the week where we empty. We are up money. If you were <laughs> if you were trailing me and my picks this year, and you're trailing Sean and his picks this year, you are up money. I am twenty six and twenty three, so you're up a little bit of cash. You're twenty eight and twenty three or something like that. We're right around there. So you're up money this year, boys. So this is the week where you save it all up, right? And you go in and you do a double little dose at the at the sperm bank on a Thursday and you throw that bed in, just save all the testosterone for Thursday, and then throw it in. Double sperm bank pick of the week. Both AFC teams. Both played a great game last weekend, and I'm picking them both to win. They both need it. Have your favorite video queued up. You're ready to go. Exactly. I mean, maybe do maybe do a two for one matinee. Maybe yeah. if you want to get a little crazy. Call in sick to work on Thursday. Hit the sperm bank right when they open early in the morning. Nice cup of coffee gets you up and running sometimes. Sometimes that puts you in the mood. Go in there, and then in the afternoon, I don't know, pop an Adderall. That'll put you in the mood, and then have a second. I mean, you might be in there for four hours. What? You're speaking from experience here, buddy. Listen, the Adderall might put you in the sperm bank for four hours, but it's (laughs) going to feel great when you finally get that in. Hey, go. Um, <laughs> I like it. Respect to you. Um, well done. All right. Well, we'll see how we'll see how it turns out. So, Tom, outside of the christening, the four and a half hour christening, you know what, what's on tap? You mentioned before we got on the pod, you're you're praying for some golf this weekend. Weather might hold up for you. I'm hoping so. I mean, we got rain earlier in the week. It was supposed to rain Saturday, but I'm hoping we caught it early and it and the storm moved to wherever wherever it's going to go next. It's going to be in the mid 40s so i can bear that just to play a little golf before i'm that able to play it at all um aside from that i'm dog sitting this weekend um my mom's going to graduation or something so i'll be babysitting finn that'll be fun i think very nice um he's a big fucking mush it's unbelievable he sleeps in my mom's room never let a dog do that before she's getting soft in her old age um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, aside from that, uh, I don't really know. We'll see where the wind blows me. What about you? How was San Antonio? San Antonio was really cool, man. It's a cool, cool city. Um, got in Friday, hit the Pearl District, which was all like lit up. It was really nice. Some historical buildings. It's right on the Riverwalk. So we Ubered there, found some food, and then took the Riverwalk back. 
to the hotel. It was like a 30 minute walk. The river walk is really cool. I can see why it's the most touristed, uh, the most touristed place in Texas, which is obviously pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, check that out. Did one of the uh, river walk, like boat tours, like got some history, checked out the Alamo. You mentioned the Alamo being a little under, underwhelming. Never and been. I that's understand. what I heard. Yeah, that's what you heard. I can understand why. So I thought it was cool. The history was great. The way that they organized the tour. First of all, it's only five bucks for a guided tour. It was there for like an hour and a half. So you definitely get your money's worth and then some. But what's weird is they like build the city around it. So like you go into the Alamo, but like you're looking up at skyscrapers. So it's kind of strange. Now, obviously, you know, you, you can't stop industry, but it was just it's kind of weird. I had this idea that it was going to be kind of like tucked outside of the city, like nestled somewhere. No, it's right. It's right in the middle. Um, but it was really cool. The, the weather was great. Um, food and margaritas were excellent. And then uh Sunday morning, rather, my friends ran their their half marathon in inclement conditions, and I was in a nice warm car meeting them at a couple of the checkpoints, cheering them on, and and got in the car and drove home. But it was a cool city. Nice. Now, have you ever been abroad? Uh, No, I have never been abroad. For such a history guy, I mean, Sean, let's go. Obviously, I've been abroad, but... Let's let's go to a country where there is. You some gotta real keep history. in mind, my man. For a long time, I've been honest with you about this. I don't mind saying it on the pod now because I'm much better. But I had a fear of flying, flying a pretty bad one for a while there. Well, so any any flights, even like Florida, I was like really not a fan of. We got so now that I've flown a lot more and done a lot better. I, you're right. I need to find my way over. I mean, for a history about. guy, it's like you know the the cafe in 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 Europe that. Nobody yes. gives a shit about is ten million years older than than the oldest building in America. I'm not saying it's not. I'm well aware of that. I just haven't made my way over there. Got to get you about there. it. Um, but I will say this: some of the coffee shops in San Antonio, whoo, fucking fire! Really, really good. Good. I need a good coffee shop up here. There's just too much bougie. There's just too, just give me a good cup of coffee. That's what I like about Texas and like even like in Austin is there's so many coffee shops and like unique ones. There's not a lot of like chains. Do they have Dutch no, Bros over them, there? Uh, that's there a, are, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. Dutch Bros. I thought that was there's more of a West Coast. Yeah, How is no, that? I've 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 made only had it one time, but it was good. I got an Americano. It was pretty good. Mm, I made some good money off their stock, but just buying and selling it, but. Uh, yeah, it goes up and down pretty frequently, just a couple bucks here and there. But I, I've always wanted to get over to the West Coast. I guess it's made its way to Texas. Yeah, there, there's another thing that's in Texas now, well, particularly in the Austin area, that is a West Coast thing. That's In-N-Out Burger. There's a lot of Well, yeah, of course. Have you had that? I have had that. It's pretty good. Is it good? Is it better but than Five Guys? it's a California guys? thing. And is it better no, than Five Shake Guys Shack? is better. Five Guys is much better. Well, if you say uh, that, they, then I don't feel like I'm missing out. Well, they're different. They're different. Five Guys is like the real, like, it's the peanut oil and all that shit that's really, really good. Um, in and out they're not huge, but they're, they're, they're good. But I would never – I'm not a fast food guy, as you well know. I mean, that was one of our bets over the years, and I never had <laughs> to pay up. unpaid bets. <laughs> yeah, one of our many. Um, but I, I'm not a fast food guy. So, But I'll try certain things every once. Whataburger down here, it's the Texas thing, sucks. Hated it. Never mm. have it again. Uh, in and out was okay. I would say the shake was the best part of it, um, but it's fine. It's a Cal- It's a Southern California thing, though, so it's made its of way course, over yeah. here. So, 
Okay, well, we got Shake Shack and Five Guys. I think we can compete. Shake Shack is very good. I've yes. always been a fan. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it was a cool city this weekend. Christmas Christmas party, and that's about it. All right. Well, I mean, sports coming up. We basically have NBA, NFL, and whatever MLB comes about because there's not much golf, although there is a match coming up, but we don't really care about that. Hey, don't sleep on college basketball. Conference oh, of play course. Starts soon. I'd like to talk college basketball at some point. Of My course. UConn Huskies are ranked fifth in the country, and they just beat Florida in the swamp tonight. They look like a fucking juggernaut. I am so excited for this season. Well, Hurley's starting to really stretch, really starting to get his claws in that program. They are so good and so deep, man. I've watched every single game. It's been it's been a joy to watch. They can shoot, they defend, they've got yep. size, they've got athleticism. They can score on multiple levels. Sonogo's an absolute beast, and they've got just recruit after recruit. And I saw that. Done well with the transfer portal. It's it's fun. UConn basketball is back, baby. It's it's great. St. John's is the same exact team as they are every other year. A frantic, <laughs> fast break, athletic team that when there's actually a halfway decent team that actually plays, has its own game plan, pays, plays at its own pace, and decides not to play at St. John's pace, they're going to lose by 20. Yeah. You hate to see it. No, we, we need a better coach. Yeah. It's Richardson not a wee thing is, anymore. They need a better coach. That's right. I got to check are on you USC. Into, are you going to get into USC basketball this year? Absolutely. Late night Pac-12. There you go. Yeah, I, I can gamble all night if I can't sleep. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be. I'm telling you, Sean. When I get this certificate, leadership or whatever bullshit certificate you want to call it, maybe I'll do an audio production. Although I don't think I need it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be all in on USC. Uh, that's great. I, I can't wait for the commit. I think you need to wear a hat as soon as you get the. Uh, I hate get the colors, though. I hate the colors. I know you do. I, I think you should get like one of the black ones with the yes. red letters. That's, that that's what I'll wear. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm not going to be like that Will Farrell on the sideline. Although, if I'm invited to the sideline, I'll wear whatever they want. You're invited to the sideline. Something really happened with that certificate. <laughs> yes. All right, everybody. Uh, we will be back next week. If there's any breaking MLB news, maybe Carlos Rodon, Yankees, Cashman, get fucking on it. Uh, we'll be back for those. But uh, in the meantime, enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back next week. Yes, sir. Thank you.